Welcome back, listeners, to Hindsight is Horrifying. You're in the studio with Jason and Darth Jader, and we have a very special guest who I will be introducing in just a moment. But first, we've got to introduce the movie this week, which is 1999, Brendan Fraser's epic classic, The Mummy. And we couldn't be more yeah. excited about the... Hey, you know what? <laughs> Quiet over there in the peanut gallery. Anyway, uh, listeners, Jason's going to give you a quick overview of this movie, introduce it a little bit, and then we will get to our very special guest. So, Jason. Okay, so this is, uh, like my co-host said, the 1999 movie The Mummy, uh, not the 2017 train wreck The Mummy. Uh, This is the hugely successful 1999 uh, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser, uh, Rachel Weisz, and other people. John Hanna. (laughs) Who? John Hanna, the brother. Jonathan. Okay, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it is one of the uh, silliest movies uh, to come out of the 1990s as a serious-ish action sort of adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it centers around a uh, an actual historical character uh, by the name of Imhotep, who, uh, as everybody knows... Uh, was a uh, an architect and physician in ancient Egypt. He was one of the most uh, respected people of, in all of ancient Egypt, considered to be maybe the first polymath. He's portrayed slightly differently in this movie as a sort of rapey, mass burnery, monstery, take over the world, kill everyone sort of thing. So he wasn't a priest in real life? Uh, yeah, he was a priest, but, you know, that wasn't his shtick. His shtick was he built pyramids and he built buildings. He built, uh, uh, you know, he, he sort of established. And invented slavery. No, he didn't invent it. <laughs> I mean, they needed he slaves improved to build the pyramids. It. Oh, oh right. okay, that's the important part. <laughs> he enhanced part. it. Right. Uh, and as far as uh, I know, there's no mention in the historical record of Imhotep ever uh, having a fling with Marta from Arrested Development. You know what? Don't ruin it for everyone. I'm just saying, you know, Marta. (laughs) Marta. But yeah, so is that pretty much your overview? Yeah, that's about it. Um, You know, uh, see, there's a mummy in it later, uh, about an hour in. A.K.A. Imhotep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're one and the same. But he's not a mummy. And we need to to say this pretty pretty early on. He's this kind of spirit slash chupacabra life-sucking force. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We yeah. can get to that later as the movie progresses. But um, now that we've got a basic overview of who Imhotep was and not really what the movie's about, thank you, Jason. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, we do have a very special guest this week, and she's special for multiple reasons, listeners, because this listener has known me since, uh, what, fifth grade or sixth grade? Yeah, fifth or sixth grade. Okay, so my friend Katie... Uh, We were best friends all throughout middle school and high school, and uh, she's here, and what makes her doubly special is the fact that we're all drinking from our very favorite brewery in downtown Roswell. Y'all know it. You love it. It's Variant Brewing. I'm just sorry that all of our Aussie listeners are not local enough to drink this beer because it's delicious. And Katie sort of up the ante on the You know, in Australia, they've got a brewery on, like, every corner, so... And they're probably just scoffing at our beer choices anyway. But, um, yeah, so I've stuck with my typical lemon or raspberry lemon goza. Jason stuck with his Norcross IPA like normal, which we both love. Yeah. And we both cherish. But Katie... 
Uh, what flavor did you choose for your crawler for this week? Well, uh, for tonight, we went with the Sop, Drop, and Roll. And I did Woo! my research Friday. I hit up Variant and had to try all the different beers so that I had the perfect one to go with this. But this is the one that went out between me and my roommate, and we both love this one. So That, that probably is the best to pair with a Brendan Fraser movie. I think it, a soft yeah. drop and roll. Yeah. Is there it's, a reason for that? No, it just feels Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a sour. They described it as a milkshake. Jose. So that was a little off putting at first, but tried it, loved it. It's amazing. There you go. So variant brewing, uh, you can uh, find their website at variantbrewing.com or visit them in downtown Roswell. Georgia, not New Mexico, as we've clarified before. So anyway, does anyone find it interesting? By the way, because we have the movie playing in the background. And it's just, it's just begun. Right. The princess wears more clothes dead than she did live. That's true. Well, that's the reason why, is that they had to make sure that she wasn't touched. Oh, okay. And so yeah. I guess nobody's yeah. touching her when she's dead. Well, that's true. Yeah, schooled your ass, Jason. She yeah. had to wear paint so that they... How do you know no one's touching her when she's... Okay. They don't care anymore. Not everybody's okay. a necrophiliac right. like you, Jason. And the king's dead. Wait, that's the one where you fall asleep all the time, right? Hush. Um, Anyway, so this was actually Katie's choice of movie to uh, bring up on the podcast. So, Katie, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you chose this movie? Okay, so when I found out you were doing this podcast, I was 100% in. I I popped my headphones in my phone, listened to it while I was working all day long. That was just, you know, the soundtrack of that day was just hindsight is horrifying. You work in an emergency room, right? Absolutely. (laughs) No, I work at... um, a giant um, home supply store. I will not uh, say what it is. Yeah, you don't have to specify. <laughs> we don't want <laughs> our listeners stalking you all the way from Australia. Exactly. So, uh, but no, so when I found out Jay was doing this podcast, I got really excited because <laughs> That's my favorite memories are uh, from middle school are hanging out with Jade and just her quoting movies, reenacting movies, and she would have me in stitches. So I was, this just brought me back to, listening to her just brought me back to middle school. <laughs> stitches. Great times. And then, yeah, it's appropriate. And then uh, this, Especially this movie. Especially since mummifying Emotep right now. Yeah, we yeah. get it. You're an old man. Thanks for the dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this uh, this was uh, one of the top contenders when we were when we were younger. And there's one line we haven't gotten into it yet, but I'll definitely call it out that I just I just always remember Jade saying. And is, every it the, time- is it the line about Libya and his? Uh, or okay, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. The librarian line. Oh, that shoot. one's a good one too. Okay. No, there are no, lots of good lines in this movie. Horses, rivers, done. Oh right, okay, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, that does come up. We'll we'll point that out when we get to that point in the movie. But uh, yeah, we've just reached the point where. We've gotten the basic exposition, the basis of the movie where Imhotep obviously uh, cheats with the Pharaoh's woman, which isn't good. And they discover that because he touches her arm, which is painted <laughs> and the paint is smeared. And the So like is Imhotep's whole house just like gold handprints everywhere? You know, because. <laughs> <God. laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the one time he screwed up. So oh, probably yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, obviously he touches the Pharaoh's woman and their solution to that problem when the Pharaoh discovers it is to murder the Pharaoh. Well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, both Imhotep and Anaxunamun, the mm-hmm. Pharaoh's girlfriend, are, uh, well, Anaxunamun kills herself and Imhotep is cursed and becomes the most unholy, cursedest of, the worstest in all of Egypt. And he <laughs> is cursing the land of, uh... Hominoptera, the yeah, city of yeah. the dead. So, and storehouse of a buttload of gold. Uh, yes, uh, yeah. it's where the wealth of Egypt was hidden and buried. So, it's Jason. We got to a point that you and I were talking about before the podcast that 
the beginning of this movie is a little bit sticky in the way that it's like, meanwhile, this yeah. other story meanwhile, is happening. Meanwhile, in <laughs> Libya. Because we were in, you know, BC era with pharaohs and uh, priests and such, and then we jump to the 1920s where Brendan Fraser is the only white man in an, an Egyptian army. <laughs> no, it's the French Foreign Legion. Yeah, which actually, uh, true story, that he being that an American, he shouldn't actually be holding the post that he has. It's, no. uh, that was mm-hmm. held just by the French. Oh, okay, well, th- see, maybe that's what's sticking out is the fact that yeah, Brendan Fraser shouldn't be there one way or the other. So, uh, But he's there with his very cowardly friend, Benny, uh, who's somehow his best friend, yet they're frenemies. He just looks squirrely. Yeah, well, he- yeah, you have to wonder how long he and Benny have known each other. They were probably posted together in yeah. the French Foreign Legion and just stuck together. <laughs> But it, it, they do have some really good comedic moments that relieve the tension in this movie because you do cut from this very serious story of Emotep and being cursed and all that. And then you cut to Brendan Fraser's story uh, his, and his character's name is called Rick O'Connell. And he's about to fight a pretty serious battle. And they're at Hominoptera, which we don't realize yet. But uh, <laughs> Benny is basically like, yeah, I'm with you on this. <laughs> yeah, all the, yeah. oh my God, the, those very racist, like, la, 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 when they're on those horses racing. No, no that was the sound Vinny made as he was running away. Oh, is that what it was? Ooh, ooh, he was doing the Zoidberg exit. <laughs> you know. He was just flashing his little claws. <laughs> Which, I, you know, and I, I have to say, one thing that, that I, I really like about this movie is that, you know, it's obviously the director um, took inspiration from the uh, the old Warner Brothers, uh, The Mummy. Oh, sure. The original, yeah. Yeah, the original. And I do like the fact that the setting, the the tone is is adventure. You oh, know, big time. Yeah, I mean, it has the horror elements to it. And, and it, it's got some genuinely creepy horror stuff. Yes, You mm-hmm. know, especially for Absolutely. a kid. You know, I mean, the uh, the scarabs alone just oh, bothered the shit out of me. They gave me nightmares yeah. when I was, because Katie and I would have been about nine or ten when this movie came out. 1999, 19, no. 99, um, yeah. 11. Yeah, depending okay, on 11. when. Yeah, 10 or right. 11, yeah. Yeah, dep- I'm, I'm thinking more uh, school grade, but yeah, oh, okay. Same. Yeah, 10 or 11. That's true, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, but they use Brendan Fraser's uh, really strong sense of comedy too, because he's in every other movie you see him in, whether it's Looney Tunes or whatever the hell it is. Well, uh, remember he was just coming off his powerhouse performance in uh, George of the Jungle. Oh my God, I'd forgotten about that. Which was a hugely successful movie. Watch out for that. Seriously, mommy. Yeah, no, he's he's right. That's why they chose him for this role. Yeah, is because of how well he did, and he was able to turn it from a horror film to an adventure film. Yeah, and and, wow. and I think this kind of this is a lesson that I think filmmakers today need to uh, need to learn because if you look at the recent, you know, the Mummy, the the Tom Cruise Mummy that came out. Oh, uh, Jesus. <sighs> I refuse to watch that movie. Oh, same. Yeah, Tom Cruise, it, get out of here. Yeah. <gasps> if you're listening, get the heck no out. No way. You yeah, hate I, Tom I, Cruise now? You used to love Mission Impossible. You was, made me watch it like four times. That's because Tom and Cruise you were used marry to marry him. Or, yeah, I was when I was 12, but now Tom Cruise has gotten <laughs> super weird. <laughs> gotten? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he's really? been super weird since, for a yeah. while now. Since, <laughs> since we were 12, he's gotten weird. <laughs> yeah, more or less. He but, married Katie Holmes, and that was where it all started to go downhill. So there well, you go. But well, no, I, it was weird with Nicole Kidman. And I did research yeah. on this earlier too, because well, that was but that was behind closed doors. Weird. That wasn't like, oh, I'm marrying a girl 25 years younger than I am, and then I'm gonna make her and our daughter turn to Scientology and jump up and down on Oprah's couch. That's 16 years. I love that you know that. 
I was the one who wanted to marry him, but you know the exact age difference between him and Katie. Yeah, Katie man, Holmes. get your because shit I was together, looking Jade. At I know. Earlier today. Yeah. Hey, I've got other celebrities that I'm in love with now that I've got my focus on. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård, I miss you. <laughs> but <laughs> but just, so anyway. <laughs> but the, the 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 comparison though between the two movies, one was a colossal failure. Uh, everybody hated it, and one. Even though it's a silly, campy movie, here we are, you know, years later talking about it, you know, people, you cannot dislike the movie. Well, and yeah. I, I, you're talking about the difference and, between the Tom Cruise well, version and Brendan Fraser version. Well, and which... it, it's just the taking itself too seriously angle, you know, yeah. a, a movie like this, it doesn't take itself too seriously. There's so much you can forgive. Oh yeah. It's cheesy, but yeah. it's cherished. Right. Like, and I think the big the really big argument for that is the fact that despite the fact that it is a little bit cheesy, the acting is on point from every single character. You don't have, it's not this Sharknado fiasco where it's just, they spent all their money on CG and couldn't bring any talent onto the screen. Uh, It's kind of like the Deep Blue Sea because that is one of the campiest movies that's ever happened in the history of the ever, ever. But I still love that movie because Tom Jane is in it and he's amazing. He wasn't, but it's kind of a similar construct in the sense that they brought these people on who weren't super famous yet. Like Tom Jane wasn't the Punisher yet when he was in Deep Blue Sea. The only real quote unquote A-lister they had was Samuel L. Jackson. And he was a big draw because he was a big name. But then like in this movie, The Mummy, you've got Brendan Fraser, you've got Rachel Weisz. Like none of them were super famous yet, but they're amazing actors. Right. And, and Rachel Weisz is, as we know now, I mean, she is a phenomenal phenomenal actress oh she's and, killer and gorgeous you know they filmed this one scene this is the uh the book, book scene where scene. she knocks down the bookshelves like dominoes yeah well, they did it in one take and, and you know the interesting thing about this scene is that i really like this scene you know it's uh-huh. funny it's it, it reminds me of watching like a sort of an 80s uh, ghostbustersy sort of movie minus the ghost in the library <laughs> well, well yeah yeah but the problem i have with the movie and it's it was the period i i really wish I could see what this movie would have looked like if they had stuck with practical effects and not computer-generated effects. Well, the, this movie, I kind of argue, especially with the sequels to this movie, that... Never effects, seen the sequels. Okay. What? The no. second one's, like, almost as... It, I don't know. It, it rivals... Uh, I love the second one. The second one... Uh, I like the second one, but once again, for the acting. The, yeah. the effects, I feel like they got worse as time went on, which well, doesn't... We agree the third one's just garbage oh so yeah wait, it's, it's the it's... scorpion king with no. dwayne the rock dot the, oh god no like the scorpion the, king it's looks the dragon terrible. no 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 that's no 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 the, the oh, sequel, sequel is okay. the mummy returns so yeah. wait, wait, and then you wait. have the dragon king and that's the the third one or whatever yeah it's a so it, it's the mummy the mummy returns yes. and the mummy goes to universal orlando precisely okay uh they they i think they built the ride around the second movie because mm. it was really more focused on imhotep with like his sort of skin wrappings before he was fully regenerated and he's sort of chasing you through the ride and you're in it's not really a roller coaster it's one of those sort of is in the sequel yeah he's in the sequel so oh, is on Noxuna Moon uh, but she's the one who comes back first and brings him back in the oh, sequel what she's more of a person what yeah. a twist well yeah. she's not quite a Noxuna Moon either she's like she's just sort of a mortal version but then they mm-hmm. still haven't brought back a Noxuna Moon's actual soul to inhabit that person mm-hmm. so I don't they never really clearly explain that in the second one but um, 
We do have this awesome moment where, yeah, Rachel Weiss does, or Evelyn, knocks down mm-hmm. all of these bookshelves, and her boss is, and this is what I was going back to with, like, as far as the powerhouse actors, because Rachel Weiss and Brandon Fraser were not that famous yet, but you have um, uh, Jonathan Hyde, who's Dr. Alan Chamberman, Chamberlain, a.k.a. the dad from Jumanji, who I recognized, and Eric Avari, her boss at the library, who's Dr. Terrence Bay, and I've seen him as a character actor in so many things. The guy who's yelling at her, like, straighten up this machete, and he's just, he's really <laughs> mad at her. But um, those were the only two actors that I recognized when I first saw this movie in theaters when it came out. But then now Rachel Weisz is probably the most successful actor out of anybody who's come out of this franchise. Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. And, oh, oh we have a nice Tales from the Crypt uh uh, moment right there because that's obviously the skeleton from Tales of the Crypt that Jonathan's with in this little uh, casket or what's the word? Nobody has any problem Sarcoph- sarcophagus. Sarcophagus, yes. Nobody has any problem touching this gross dead no, thing. Like they're no. hanging on him. She's touching it. Ugh. Yeah, and apparently uh, mummies are very resilient and flexible oh, <laughs> and you can like, you know. Do you know uh, mummies, this is, this fact still just amazes me. When the British first uh, sort of found out about mummies, Mm -hmm. they actually figured, you know, this is a great opportunity. Do you know what they use them for? Uh, Necrophilia? No, fuel. They burned them. Oh, even better. Yeah. They they would literally ship mummies and burn them. I was worried that that was going in such a terrible direction. It's It's still bad. It's called recycling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. Hey, that's what we do with dinosaurs. They make my car go. So that's true. There you go. But um, yeah, you get yeah. They don't they don't really worry about touching the mummies and the bodies and stuff that much in this movie. And I, I think that's one of the maybe one of the lines that Katie remembers from middle school when Imhotep his corpse falls out of his sarcophagus when they find him later on. And yeah, they're just like uh, Evelyn sitting there like, wow, he's not supposed to look like this. He's just so so. Like, juicy <laughs> and so yeah the mummies apparently stand up pretty well yeah, against the test yeah. of time well he but does kinda... especially because of the whole scarab thing which there's some theories as to like how the how the scarabs are like immortal still like they're let's, still let's explain out. the but scarabs to the audience but they're okay so the scarabs are Okay, scarab beetles are an actual beetle, mm-hmm. but they're nothing like what they're portrayed they're, in this movie. They don't run that fast. No. They don't eat people. They kind of turn them into uh, the zombies from World War Z, where they're like basically zombies on cocaine running after Brad Pitt, which mm-hmm. does it. So they're these little beetles that uh, I think, I don't even know what they really do in real life. Are They, they eat like, poop. Okay, I thought they were kind of dung beetles. Yeah. <laughs> they are. But, um... They don't eat humans. Uh, they're, they're you know, they just, yeah, they're dung beetles. But they definitely don't burrow into your skin and make it from your arm to your brain in a matter of 30 seconds like they do in this movie. Because that, your skin, there's that big, you know, tunnel that you can just oh yeah, go like, right there. It's like they're a rat. It's like Game of Thrones where they've got the rats in the buckets and they're heating up the end of the bucket to scorch the rat into biting into the people. Mm-hmm. It, it, and they're just moving at light speed through a human body. It makes no sense. But uh, we get to them. We've already sort of seen the scarabs uh, because they did dump a bucket of them in with Imhotep when they uh, mummified him alive, which was brutal <laughs> But they didn't mummify him, though. They just wrapped him up. No, no, they, no. They, they, they didn't do any of the... They removed his tongue. 
Well, They're, yeah, but they didn't like do the. Yeah, they buried him alive. There wasn't yeah. a traditional mummification because his process. his priests they were mummified alive. That's they had right. their like their brains sucked out. And but all. are they alive if their brains are sucked out? Well, I think it's more of you I know we're going to mummify you alive briefly for the most part. <laughs> Yeah, I think they did the most painful stuff to them that wouldn't kill them yeah. directly, like taking out their eyes, taking out their tongues, and then they got around to the organs and whatnot later. Mm. Uh, but they 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 didn't do them the uh, courtesy of letting them die before they did all that to yeah. them. Yeah, well, that would explain why at the end of the movie you see them all doing that the whole thriller thing. <laughs> yeah, in case you guys have never watched all the way to the end of the credits, they definitely do the Michael Jackson thriller dance, uh, even though they're mummies instead yeah, of zombies. Yeah, you, you know, make sure you watch it. You have to buy the uh, it's director's the, cut. No, no, it's the Im- <laughs> it's the import edition from Japan. It's it's like two hundred dollars on eBay, but but it's buy worth it. it, buy it because it has all these other scenes and it's fantastic, just amazing. Yes, um, but yeah, so we cut to this point where we're at in the movie where. Evelyn, uh, her brother Jonathan, finds this little, she calls it a puzzle box, and it springs open, and it looks kind of spider-like, but it's it, they turn out later that it's a key. And so they go to, everything connects, because Jonathan actually stole the puzzle box from Brendan Fraser, who got the puzzle box at Hamanatra while he was there doing battle. So she's trying to free him from this that, horrific prison. Is that established? Like what? the the puzzle box in the beginning of the movie is it is the you puzzle never... box? It's not established anywhere, is Bre- it? No, it is in a in a subtle way because uh, you never see Brendan Fraser collect the box from it or pick it up or anything. Yeah. But uh, when Jonathan shows Evie the puzzle box, uh, he's like, uh, "I got it on a dig down in Thebes. Tell me, I've never found anything in my life, Evie. Tell me, I've found something." And she clicks it open, and she's the one that figures out that it opens. Well, no, 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 no. I meant establishing that Brendan Fraser yes, had it. Yes, because then once they get the puzzle box, uh, <laughs> they go to find the person that, well, Evie's under the impression that Jonathan got it at Thebes, but then they wind up at the prison, and Evie's arguing with Jonathan going, I thought you said you got this on a dig down in Thebes. And he goes, I lied to everybody. What, may, what makes you so special? And she goes, I'm your sister. And they're arguing about that. And he goes, she goes, Jonathan, you stole it off of drunk at the local cafe bar. And... Brendan Fraser was the drunk because well yeah no 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 I get that what I was saying is that in the beginning it seems like they would have shown Brendan Fraser picking it up no they never did that Uh, all they show is the connection there where Brendan Fraser's looking at Jonathan he's like don't I know you and then he realizes that that's the guy who picked his pocket and he pops him in the face I I have a question and you guys knowing more about the movie uh, might be able to answer this I have heard that this scene almost killed Brendan Fraser. It's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. time. He was unconscious for, um, I think it's 18 seconds or something. And wow. it traumatized yes. uh, Rachel Weiss. Yeah, because she. that's why she, I mean, it's obviously an urgent scene, but she was trying to do it as quickly as possible. Uh, because, yeah, he was he was being kind of a boss about it and did his own stunt. And they were trying to be gentle with him, obviously, because they don't want to murder the star of the movie. But, uh, yeah, he, he uh, definitely... Not, not this they early. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was the first day of shooting. Yeah. You kill the star at the end. That, exactly. Yeah. You know, pull a crow and kill him later. Oh. But Oh, that's too much? I'm sorry, Brendan oh. Fraser almost died doing this, but that oh. was too much? Oh, man. Uh, why is she carrying the luggage? <laughs> That's a good point. Because she is a liberated, independent woman. <laughs> Who don't She's a no librarian. Man. Yes. Well, okay, that was part of the reason, honestly, is my little 11-year-old me looked up to Evie so much because she's like this weird combination of uh, Lucille Ball, damsel in distress, but badass nerd. 
uh, because she's got the Lucille Ball clumsiness going on where she knocks over all the books, but she's... she. I mean, Brendan Fraser sort of helps her in her damselly in distress moments where he gets her where she needs to go or he rescues her at certain times. But she's the reason why they ultimately defeat the mummy. She's oh, the yeah, one yeah. who speaks the ancient Egyptian and the heretic and just knows everything about everything. And we know that because in her first scene, she explicitly says it. I, I can decipher <laughs> hieroglyphics and heretic. Yeah. And I am the only person within a thousand miles who can probably code and catalog this library. That's why. You there. Tell me your qualifications for being in this movie. All of the things that I just said. But uh, yeah, and you get a moment because uh, when they see Brendan Fraser in the prison, He's all scraggly. He looks like George of the Jungle. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty yeah, sure that's, that's exactly, yeah. That has to be the first scene they shot because he has the exact George of the Jungle hair. Absolutely. And uh, he kisses her, like tricks her into a kiss and she's mm-hmm. mad about it. And so they go to get on the boat and she's like, oh, I think he's a complete scoundrel. I, I don't want anything to do with him. And he's like, oh, anybody I know? And he's all quaffed and his hair is cut and he looks very handsome and clean. And she's like, oh, and she completely changes her mind about him in about two seconds. Ooh, Mr. Drysdale. <laughs> I mean, he's really hot in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Oh, now, unfortunately, he's looking uh, real rough, but. Uh, yeah, <sighs> yeah. he's well, in a new movie. Uh, he, he's in the new, uh, it, it, I think it's the new, what, DC movie? I think he's is a he? voice. Yeah, I think, yeah, his character is... Yeah, I think you're right. It's a, it's a, well, hey, you know, how many movies have I been in this year? So, you know, <laughs> Brendan Fraser's got one up on me. He does. Uh, but yeah, he, he was just such, it, and it's kind of like what you guys were saying. It was more of an adventure movie with him mm-hmm. involved because he's got that kind of sense of humor for it, but he was obviously this big brawny guy and he's just rescuing Evelyn at every turn at every opportunity and. He's just a badass, and he's got swagger, I guess, for a 1920s guy with a <laughs> with a big tarp full of weapons. Like, I love that moment where yeah, let Evie's, me just whip this thing out. <laughs> oh yeah, because Evie's sitting alone. Re- we're actually at that moment right now. Evie's sitting alone reading a book, and he throws this big like duffel bag in front of her, and then just unrolls it right in front of her, and it's got every weapon you could possibly imagine in it. And she's like, "I'm sorry." Did I miss something? Are we going into battle? Like, what the hell is your problem? And he's like, lady, there's something out there, something underneath that sand. And he's just all serious and gruff. So that's kind of yeah. his character for the movie. He's got the revolver and, like, he's got weapons that I don't even know what they are. They're like grappling hooks and just a bunch of... <laughs> he's become Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he has an Alfred back in Egypt somewhere because somebody equipped him out for this yeah. trip. And, and apparently there's no like Egyptian TSA <laughs> back then. He didn't have to walk through a metal detector. No. You know? This was way pre 9-11. So yeah. there's not quite the security measures. Well, and also, you know, this is filmed in actually Morocco. It's not actually Egypt because, you know, politics that ruins yeah. the entire movie for me now why oh, did you do I'm that sorry <laughs> no you it, know what hindsight is horrifying it is horrifying <laughs> hey oh, that's the name of the show she brought it full circle <laughs> uh, but yeah it, i mean that's a lot of movies these days that's uh, you when there's any sort of forest or beach involved like they might say they're in florida but really they're on the coast of california or if there's forest they're probably in georgia it <laughs> would have been awesome Canada. if they had filmed this in southern california oh god that would have been great i mean there's enough sand out there like they, they probably could have made it happen well and like the ending scenes hominoptera is actually filmed inside a um a crap a dormant a uh, volcano what yeah do tell it, 
I mean, is that that's, 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 that's <laughs> But is that in Morocco too, or was that somewhere else? Uh, I don't know. They did find one, but um, I don't know where you find a dormant volcano. But yeah, they put it. They built the city of Hamanoptera inside the dormant volcano to give it that eerie, like dead look. Because that's I mean, legit. it's in a dead volcano. Wow, those crafty Egyptians. <laughs> Seriously, they built pyramids inside a volcano. They had a How lot of time that? on their hands. Apparently, yeah. Well, it was pre-social media, so That's yeah, true. they didn't have a lot of time to burn on other things. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and Jason, my pyramid rises, reading it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. Hashtag slave labor. <laughs> Don't hashtag that. Get the hell out. Uh, well, fortunately, I run our Twitter account, so I'm not going to be doing that. But uh, we this is one of those movies that Jason and I have kind of talked about the construct in previous episodes where it it is a great movie in the sense that all of the themes and all of the touch points are kind of talked about in the beginning because you touch on Imhotep, you touch mm-hmm. on... Brendan Fraser's relationship with Benny, which ends up coming full circle later in the movie. Uh, you talk about Rachel Weiss's skills in, you know, speaking ancient Egyptian and so on and so forth. And that comes in handy later. Like they mention all of that stuff right out of the starting gate. Yeah. And it's interesting. Benny, uh, watching this, you, you almost feel like Benny's not going to be in the movie as much as he is. Well, because Brendan Fraser keeps throwing him off of stuff or yeah. he keeps running away from Brendan Fraser. Like he keeps getting kind of dismissed. But yeah, uh, we're on the um, the riverboat right now where they're trying to get to Hamanoptera and then things start to get a little fishy because uh, these uh, mysterious cloaked men sort of row up in their own boat and attack Evelyn and set the boat on fire and it gets pretty intense pretty quickly. And you find out later that they're looking for the puzzle box that she and Jonathan have. And uh, so they're attacking them, but they don't know that it's the Magi, the people who are protecting the city of Hamanoptera. Mm-hmm. But so that's what's happening now. And this is, I think, the first instance where Brendan Fraser saves Rachel Weiss. Yeah. Uh, he does it about 40 times in he, this He one. goes all Daniel Craig. <laughs> Her current husband or only husband. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she's married to James Bond in real life because she's a real life Bond girl. But uh, yeah, there is a great line right there where they're running out of a room because everything's on fire now. And she's like, oh, my God, we forgot the map. And he's like, relax, I'm the map. It's going to be fine. And she's like, oh, well, that's comforting. (laughs) And they're just trying to make their escape. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jonathan, her brother, sets one of the Magi on fire by bumping into him. (laughs) And we see his mad pickpocketing skills because this guy is on fire and swinging a very sharp object at him. But he winds up with a puzzle box oh, sorry, anyway. Sorry. I was, Hush you. For some reason, I started humming uh, Indiana Jones music. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, it, it's, it's very it's adventurous. Indiana-esque, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it's very Indiana jones I mean, Indiana Jones was on a submarine at some point, not a boat. Yeah, he was a on su- a submarine. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and he was on a boat. Oh, oh see, he was she on a just boat saved him. She, she pulled him as the uh, gunshots were going. Yeah, and that, I like that about this movie because, yeah, Brendan Fraser's about to get shot in the face, and then she pulls him <laughs> out of the way. So they kind of save each other throughout this movie. They don't really make Evelyn the typical damsel in distress. She's actually kind of a powerhouse in yeah. this movie. And yeah. Apparently, oh, and apparently the, the director... The sequel? Holy crap. Like, I want to be her when I grow oh, up. Oh, she was on cocaine in the sequel. She, like, suddenly knew how to sword fight and fight with, like, every weapon imaginable. I don't even know, but... Well, between the two movies, you know, she she decided if she was ever in a situation where she was attacked by an undead Egyptian, she was going to, you know, be able to take care of herself. Okay, this is proof that Jason definitely, definitely hasn't seen the sequel because uh, they sort of up the ante in the sequel where Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz are 
they suddenly have these really elaborate backstories where she in a past life was one of the she was the pharaoh's daughter who she fought. was uh, nefertiti mm. which yeah. if you if you know anything about mm. um egyptian culture it's kind of effed up because anoxana moon her real name is something i can't pronounce but yeah she was the daughter of nefertiti i was like cool yeah Kim they sort of botched it <laughs> oh god <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention the cowboys that the show Americans. up too. Yeah. yeah. The, the very American Americans. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is how every other country sees America. Because uh, from what I can tell, like especially in England, westerns are really popular. Well, they should have just gotten you know Robin Williams to play Teddy Roosevelt. And, <laughs> like and, in Night of the Museum. Yeah. Bully. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's seriously like the they. The Americans don't range very much. They're mostly cowboys, and they have like one nerdy guy, and that's it. It's just a it's just a group of cowboys. <clears throat> yeah, there should have been you know one gumshoe detective. Um, what well, other Americans? They do have uh, uh, Jonathan Hyde. Like I was talking about, the dad from Jumanji. He wears a fez. Yeah, and yeah. he's kind of their Evelyn because he does speak Egyptian. <laughs> And he's yelling at all. He's kind of their manager, as it were. But yeah, we're getting up on this line that Katie was talking about that apparently I used to say all the time in middle school because uh, the boat burns to the ground and each party, yep, winds on either side of the river. And Benny's like, hey, O'Connell, looks to me like I've got all the horses. And mother <laughs> Rick goes, hey, Benny, looks to me like you're on the wrong side, side of the, the river. <laughs> ah, OK. Yeah, so, the, yeah. The equipment can only handle so much. You're welcome. We'll try and tone it down. Oh, you're all deaf now. Congratulations. But yeah, they do wind up without horses. So then they have to go get camels. And that that was another thing that always stuck out to me. With I Evie. said no camels. That's six camels. Can't you count? <laughs> oh, sorry. That was anyway. Indiana Jones again. <laughs> quiet over there but yeah so they get camels and it's just it's little things with evelyn that are kind of impressive because she speaks to the camels in egyptian because well they would speak egyptian i know they would it makes I mean, sense. obviously but the rest of the people are just like whipping their camels and she's talking to them like we would talk to a horse like mm. you know get get up but uh she's talking to the camels like in egyptian which is i i don't know she's just an impressive lady i like her Oh, and we have that moment where Brendan Fraser sees her. Wow, that's some hot cultural appropriation right there. <laughs> she get, I don't even know what that outfit is called, but she's... That's the, uh, the slutty Egyptian. All, yeah, all the Egyptians are laughing at her because she put it on wrong. That's the, that's the Halloween version of Egyptian yes! outfit. That's what that is. I'm sexy archaeologist librarian, <laughs> librarian woman in Egypt. But she's not wearing glasses. That's the one nerdy aspect she's missing. Uh, she does have glasses in the it's beginning. Lost in the yeah, fire. that's true. Yeah, yeah. It was lost but, in the fire. Yeah, okay. She took them off when she was re- when she was done reading. Yeah, that's true because she's like, we've lost everything. We've lost all the equipment, all my clothes, <laughs> <laughs> my underwear. Oh no! How did that happen? <laughs> she have like knee high boots. I think. Yeah, she, yeah I think oh, so. Right. Knee high boots going on with. Uh, oh, putting on the cam. Yeah, no. Yeah, and they're all just riding camels out to Hamanatra, and it's funny how much setup this movie takes because honestly. I, I don't even know what the runtime is, but it's a little over two hours, I think. Okay, see that makes sense because I'd say we're about an hour in without even looking. No, we're about forty minutes in. Yeah. Uh, yeah but two yeah, hours. they they basically get to Hamanatra and uh, they meet the Americans there with their horses, who you know they there's no Hamanatra when they show up, so Rick is the only one who realizes that the sunrise is what shows Hamanatra. Like, the sun comes up, and he's like, 
it's okay, we're about to be shown the way, because they're like, what are we looking at? There's nothing out here. And then the city just shimmers into appearance, because it's just so magical. Yeah. So it would have been discovered eventually, as soon as they invented, you know, airplanes. I mean, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, in this one, they do have an airplane. Oh, that's true. There is an airplane at the end. Yeah, it comes yeah. along later, yeah. but it doesn't have the kind of sensory but, equipment that we have these well, days. Well, and also, no. it's, it's pretty well established. <laughs> it's not high tech. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, it's pretty well established that the airplane in this movie can only travel about 500 feet off the ground. And for uh, so okay. long. Yeah, because, you know, uh, you would think that an airplane watching a giant sandstorm coming at it would do something like, oh, let's go up because we're in an airplane. Right. I think the old guy is like, no, we're going to take this on. He's like... Yeah, yeah the suicidal yeah. British guy. He was, he yeah. was Winston. Well, because he was in the, the Royal Air Force, and it comes up later, but he just gets The drunk. Royal Flying Corps, damn your eyes. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's... I think he says Royal Air Force at some point during the movie. It doesn't matter. But he gets drunk in a local bar these days, and he's like, there's no adventure anymore. Ha ha. He's, he's like the most <laughs> British person I've ever seen in my life. He's awesome. But, yeah, so they get to Hamanoptera, and they got the two different camps going on. Uh, oh, there he is, uh, Jonathan Chamberlain, the dad from Jumanji. And he's he's one of two characters, no, three characters wearing a fez. Because the prison guard guy has a fez, Benny has a fez, and then Jonathan Chamberlain has a fez. And I don't know why. Cause hey, hold on a second. You keep saying the dad from Jumanji. Robin Williams' dad from Jumanji, who ends up being the hunter oh. guy, the big game hunter who's chasing them around when the okay, okay, when okay. the game comes to life. I was like, I'm just racking my brain trying to figure out where the dad is in Jumanji because I remember no fatherly <laughs> figure in the new one and the old one. Well, but. Uh, yeah, no, in the Robin Williams Jumanji, he's the dad uh, who runs the shoe factory, and mm-hmm. I think Robin Williams' character's name is Peter. No, that's the little boy. I think his name's Alan. Alan, Alan. Okay, right. Sorry, I'm mixing up Pan with Jumanji. But, uh, so yeah, his name is Alan. He messes up a shoe or something, and he ends up getting one of his dad's employees fired, and it's a whole thing. But that, yeah, he's the dad from Jumanji, and then when the game comes to life, he's the big game hunter who's chasing them around Uh and trying to shoot them with, like, this old safari gun. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how I remember him, and that's... When I saw this movie, I was like, oh, my God, I knew who that is. <laughs> like, I didn't know who Brendan Fraser was, but I knew who that guy was. So, uh, yeah. And that, this is where I really started to get fascinated with the movie because they start going into all the different... Uh, they go into the mummification room and, you know, Rachel Weisz is a badass because she's... Uh, they're like, oh, I guess we got to take torches down there. And she goes, no, 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 this is an old trick. Like, And she gets all these little mirrors and they're polishing mirrors and they're like, why are we doing this? And she's like, it's an ancient Egyptian trick. Check it out. And you see the light reflecting. Uh, they just sort of play a trick with the light so that the mirrors light up the entire room. And she just, I don't know. It's like I said, it's the little things with her that really impressed me with her character in this movie. And now they're, uh, I don't know, you get kind of a creepy vibe when they're, because they, they've got some like ominous music playing when they walk into the... I don't know. It's not even like a basement. It's just the sub subterranean the, layer the, of the tomb. Hominopter. The tombs. The tombs. Yeah. yeah. And you see like the the, the statue base of Anubis. The base of Anubis, and you see a really big sarcophagus where they are right now. And they're, you know, listeners, you can't hear this, but it's unless you're watching along at home with us right now as you listen. But <laughs> you hear this kind of creaky like weird scooby-doo kind of effect where all these voices are in the back and they're like and you think a monster's gonna jump out of the corner but no 
It's just the Americans, and apparently they sound really weird underground. So I never understood why they sounded like that, but they fight over uh, getting to crack open the sarcophagus, and they get into almost a shootout, but Rachel Vise is like, nah, let's go somewhere else. There are other places to dig, and uh, this is where the Americans really get into trouble, if you recall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because once again, Evie uses her brains and sees that there's yet another layer underneath where they currently are. And she's like, all right, Rick, everybody stop pointing their guns at each other. Let's go. She is the only female in this entire, what? Outfit. Dig. Yeah. Uh-huh. She, uh, in this Nobody dig, questions it. No, and what's funny is that, like, in the 20s, they even make a, a sort of a comment on it later in the movie where uh, Jonathan Chamberlain is like, they're led by a woman. What does a woman know? And she's the smartest person in the entire group. Look at this. Okay, so he's using like a, a mallet and a pickaxe, and she's got like this. I don't know. Yeah, like they're this, di- like <laughs> I don't. They're trying to dig above their heads, and she's basically poking at it with what looks like a pencil, <laughs> like, <laughs> thinking that that's going to be helpful. And she's not even tall enough to reach where they're trying to break ground. And Jonathan is her brother is so useless. He's basically just handing Rick different tools to make Rick do all the work. Yeah. Oh, and this was the super. Oh, I here's hate where this we're really introduced to the scarabs. Yeah, this is where the scarabs really mess you up because earlier you see Imhotep. They dump the bucket of scarabs on him in his sarcophagus, and you just hear him screaming. You hear the muffled screaming when he's in there with them, but you don't see what they do. Uh, meanwhile, we've got the prison guard who was trying to, who actually hanged Brid- Brendan Fraser apparently in real life, uh, and he's he thinks the Beatles because they're like kind of calcified into the wall, and he's like, oh, blue gold, and he starts popping them out of the wall and collecting them, and little does he know that that will be his demise because that scarab goes through him like as fast as you can imagine, just eats him. Uh, I think it goes into his foot. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, but it gets into his brain and he runs into a wall yeah. and dies. <laughs> and so. and uh, Evie and Rick and Jonathan are all there to witness it and they don't know what's going on. Yeah, yet. they they literally just see, it's like he went mad with rabies or something and ran into a wall and died. <laughs> and they're like, uh, okay, so that happened. Oh, and the pressurized, yeah, the acid. The acid, the, yeah. Yeah, because the, the Yanks, as Jonathan and Evie call them, the Americans, they dig into the sarcophagus or they have their workers do it because uh, that's what they're there for. That's what he says. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they it was I oh, know that was the chest where it was like death will come on swift wings to whomsoever opens this chest. But like there were uh, it was the Egyptologist, the guy in the Fez, Jonathan uh, Hyde, who was like, no, don't open these. These were booby trapped. And they're like, oh, who gives a crap? And he goes, no, you should care. Because, trust me, that's a real thing. And then they make the workers open it and they get scalded to death by, like, pressurized salt acid. Yep. And so now the uh, sarcophagus has fallen and Rick and Evie and Jonathan are... Well, this is a different sarcophagus because the guys are above them and they open a different one. But Jonathan was, like, sort of playing golf with pebbles and a stick and hit something. It was a very Scooby-Doo moment where he hit something on the wall and then this other sarcophagus just falls out of the ceiling. And they're looking at it. And meanwhile, Evie's got this great speech where she's explaining mummification to Brendan Fraser. And she's like, yes, they would basically take a sharp, red-hot poker, stick it up your nose, scramble things about it, and then rip it all out through your nostrils. And he's like, (laughs) 
yeah, if I die, don't put me down for mummification. <laughs> and that's when Jonathan's like, likewise. And he, he takes his hit and the sarcophagus falls down. But yeah. Oh, the, oh, that, oh, that great shot of the oh, the hairy chest is honestly worse than the scarab beetle it is but yeah the scarab beetle is literally it starts at the guy's leg and eats its way all the way up his body Ooh. into his brain i just and they're uncovering Imhotep's sarcophagus and evie's reading the inscriptions on it and meanwhile we haven't noticed that the prison guy is just dying one of the worst deaths i can possibly imagine well you know when you veer from the group this yeah. is why you're supposed to stay together. You never split up. That's what we learned from Scooby-Doo all these years. You don't split up. All they ever do is split up on Scooby-Doo. You'd think that they would learn. One would think. One would. But, I mean, you stick by the O'Connell guy when you're on an adventure or somewhere scary. Uh, we do have a big reveal here because uh, the puzzle box that Jonathan saved from the burning boat, they didn't save Evie's glasses, but they damn sure saved that key because <laughs> that's what it turns out to be. Uh, Evie finds out that the puzzle box fits into Imhotep's sarcophagus, but then they get distracted by the prison guard running smack face first into that wall and dying. So, so yeah, um, they, they sort of discuss the fact that the, the diggers were melted, which is awkward in any situation. And it's lucky it was back in the twenties where they, the workers wouldn't be able to sue all them, all of them for their, their work bodily injuries. But now... Oh, yeah, that's, it's a jumpy moment. We're sort of sitting around the campfire with Jonathan and Evie and O'Connell. And Jonathan, true to form, is digging through the prison guard's possessions, looking for stuff. And he finds, like, an old bottle of Glenfiddich or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, you have a tense moment because he reaches in and uh, you can't see in the bag. And then he's like, ah, oh, and they jump. And he's like, oh, the bottle's broken. Oh. I cut my finger or whatever. <laughs> but then this guy's the... running around with an umbrella at night. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Hyde. Yeah. <laughs> Jumanji Dad. I think yeah. that's what I'm going to call him for the rest of the movie. Jumanji, Jumanji Dad. Dad. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the Magi attack their camp. And, yeah, Jumanji Dad is running around with his little parasol. <laughs> and it's it's dead of night. Like, there's no sun. There's no light. There's nothing. Maybe he's got it upside down because the heat that burns into the sand through the day, he's like got it upside down to reflect the heat off. That's of him. it. Maybe. But yeah, that's his one prop. He doesn't get a gun or anything cool like Brendan Fraser, so he's got to run around with a little umbrella. But yeah, like you got this big action sequence where the Magi are running in around on the horses and attacking all the campers, and Brendan Fraser saves everyone. Of course. Again. Of course. <laughs> Because, I mean, like I said, he does it about 50 times. He so. just shoots the sword out of his hand. But magically, we have another one. Well, yeah, the guy's got another sword, and Brendan Fraser had another gun. He shoots the sword out of the guy's... Oh, the this is the um, the pimp from Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. The guy who Deuce Bigelow is fish-sitting for. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, That's, like, one of the main Magi guys. So uh, that's the Deuce Bigelow dude. <laughs> Um, this was like his first main big role too i think so and they Uh, never actually say his name in this movie uh yeah his name his character name is um a moth or something it's like ardeth bay ardeth yeah and in real life the actor's name is oded fair so uh, yeah this is the first thing i remember seeing him in and then i saw him in deuce bigelow and i was like whoa it's the guy from the mummy (laughs) and i honest to god have not seen him in anything else ever again like but he also is very attractive Oh, yeah, he's a pretty guy. 
Uh, he had a really impressive lionfish, if memory serves, from Deuce Bigelow, and then Deuce Bigelow kills the fish or something. That was obviously one of the best movies in cinema history. <laughs> Masterpiece. <laughs> I, I can remember all of it so clearly. Never watched that movie. Uh, it's, it's... Mom was super strict and never got to watch it. That's right. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. if mom listens to this episode, she'll remember this. Because for your, I think it was your 13th, 13th birthday, birthday party. No, it was 14th because we moved, moved already. Yeah. Oh, in the new house. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because I tried to give you a copy of Moulin Rouge yes. and your mom wouldn't let me give it to you. And I was like, but mom, then I don't have a present to give her. She's like, I'll tell her that you wanted to give her a present. But no, you can't give this to her. Oh, I think I had to open it up first, and then she took it away. Did she seriously? Yeah, then she took it away. But see, the thing is, okay, so mom rules, dad rules. So mom was like, no, dad bought the movie already, and we watched it. And then Jim told on me, my uh, my brother who's three years younger than me, told my mom on me, and then I got in trouble. Not cool, Jim. Yeah. Not cool. Right? 14-year-old us resents you. <laughs> we're not bitter or anything. <laughs> no, we're just in our 30s now. But it was so worth it. Such a good movie. Oh, God, that movie's magical. Oh, absolutely. Nicole Kidman. <sighs> She's not married to Tom Cruise anymore. She, no. she can make whatever movie she wants. Yeah. Hasn't been married to him for, like, 20 years. For a God. while, yeah. <laughs> She's now married to Keith Urban. And, oh, God. Yeah. Two little girls. Two natural born little girls her uh, other kids with tom cruise were uh, adopted oh that's some exciting trivia yeah like the thing i think with keith urban is he's so because he's a country singer mm-hmm. and back in the days when i'd be in my parents car when they had the country station on i it just always threw me off because you'd hear hi this is miranda lambert hey this is brad paisley hi this is keith urban and he, yes he's i know exactly what you're talking about because it just it was so confusing to hear his accent because he doesn't have one when he sings yeah but anyway um oh we get to this other line that we just missed that i'm pretty sure katie was kind of referring to earlier where evelyn and rick kind of get hammered to get well she gets she gets hammered he's (laughs) fine he's cool but uh he's teaching her how to punch and it's just it's just all flirty and sweet and she um i don't know what he says to her to set her off but she's like look I may not be an explorer or an adventurer or a treasure seeker or a gunfighter, Mr. O'Connell, but I am proud of what I am. And he's like, yeah, okay, what's that? And she's like, I'm a librarian. Which is very, she goes, I am a a librarian. librarian. And and he's like, cool. Very dramatic. And then she announces that she's going to kiss you, Mr. O'Connell. And then she falls into his lap because she's so drunk. She passes out. (laughs) Yep. She fails. But it's like, woman, you don't get too drunk to kiss Brendan Fraser back in the day. 1999, he had it going on. But <laughs> uh, we get to a big crux here. Uh, yeah, the chest I mentioned earlier where, because they have to have the Egyptologist who can also read ancient Egyptian and they find this chest and he basically tells them death will come on swift wings to whomsoever opens this chest. And he and the rest of the Yankees, as it were, they open the chest. The workers have finally wised up because they run the hell away. They're like, we got melted by salt acid well, yesterday. Well, some, some phantom wind goes through. and Oh, it's like a Scooby-Doo, yeah, kind of a, ooh, sort of a chill that goes through the room, yeah. And they're smart, and they're, they pieced out. Yeah. It's, but, well, you'd think that people would start abiding by the, the, the swift chill coming through the area because that happened in the very beginning of the movie with Brendan Fraser where uh, the army that was attacking the mm-hmm. French Legion... They, they're suddenly like the shift in the sand 
and uh, no, the army is like, oh, hell no, and they get the heck out of there. So they run away. That is a that is a very juicy-looking skeleton. Mummy. Sorry, he's not a mummy, though. Yeah, he's... <clears throat> but you see the wrapping behind him? Like, it, it just kind of melted off of him? Yeah, they just kind of hung back. They did. Yeah, it's the juicy line all over again because they they do open Imhotep's sarcophagus. And he's just got this great face. Yeah. Uh, His jaw is just sort of jutted out to the left. And you find that he's got scratch marks on a stone sarcophagus. Well, so, okay. Pretty deep. And they're at all different lengths. Like, who's, like, scratching, like, like, from your waist area? I'm (laughs) sorry. down here. Apparently, when scarabs are eating you, it's kind of, like, equivalent to having a seizure because your hands are just going, I don't know. That's what I picture. (laughs) And and in the dark, he's able to etch this uh, saying into the sarcophagus about end. Death is is only the beginning. Yeah, death is just the beginning. Yeah. I know. That'll get him. Because he's being... (laughs) I'll write that. He's being eaten alive, (laughs) but he's got the time between scratching... Pure stone, but he's got the time to carve that message in there well, for sure. Well, okay. they got they got real full, so they had to take a breather, and then they had to go back for seconds. <laughs> you know what? That's true because they do mention in the beginning that it would take they could feast on a corpse for years, so maybe oh. they would stop. See yeah. that? See, and that's where I'm confused. The so the scarabs can eat somebody instantly. They as can. A, Okay, so was the deal with the horrible punishment for Imhotep that he was going to be eaten alive, or was it like an internal life you'll be eaten? And I think it was honestly the fact that uh, just because I don't know that they eat you fast every single time. Like the scarabs that we see when we get around to Brendan Fraser and Rachel Vice, they've been kind of dormant and calcified for a while. Yeah. And so maybe they're just, it's like a bear after hibernation. They want to eat and they're going to eat you quickly. Whereas with Imhotep, maybe they had time back in the BC era to take their time with their chow. So who maybe, knows? maybe and they never really get into explaining that, but there's a great moment uh, where they're sitting around the fire and Brennan, because they, they find the, the book of the dead, which is the big crux of the Necronomicon. Brennan. Yes, the, the Necronomicon. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> the book that brings Imhotep back to life, but Brendan Fraser is just, he's still that kind of swashbuckling guy because they're sitting around the fire and Benny's sitting next to him and Rachel Weiss is walking up. He goes, you're in her seat. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And he goes, now. And Benny just jumps up and leaves. <laughs> he's like, okay, fine. But yeah, they've got the Book of the Dead. And of course, you know, just like in the Bible with Eve eating the apple, Evie has to read the Book of the Dead oh, and curse everybody. That's deep. That's, oh, that is very it's a deep. girl in yeah. her book, man. A yeah. girl in her book. Hey, we cause all sorts of problems, us smart girls. We do that. But well, and it it is. I always find it interesting in movies like this because you have to think if you had just experienced, you know, um, a tenth of what they've experienced so far in the movie. There's no way you could just be nonchalantly like, "Oh, look, this book. How interesting," you know. Especially because. She doesn't have to read it out loud. That is, you know, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of that. I was just like, bitch, if you had just read in your own head, none of this would have happened. That's a very good point. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I guess Imhotep sort of planned on that, though. Well, he didn't plan on it because he he didn't want to be cursed. But uh, the Egyptians apparently just didn't plan that. Well, Okay, so wait a minute. (laughs) 
<laughs> they made him too accessible in his death. They they wanted to curse him for all eternity, but they leave a damn key yeah. that can open his sarcophagus, and they leave a book. They leave the book that can bring him back to life. I don't. This is not a well, well thought out. Well, plan. yeah, and also too, we're going to curse him. And what we're going to do is we're going to make sure we're going to, we really want to get back at this guy. So we're going to subject him to the worst possible fate imaginable. But somehow that also is going to enable him to be all powerful and able to summon all of these curses and plagues and things and rule the world. Well, when you bring something back to life, I feel like there's, you know, magic involved and it no absorbs some of that. Because the whole thing is uh, the curse of the mummy. Like that's the whole like spiel. You know, we have. You know, you go vampire, you have Dracula, like the teeth and everything like there's. Yeah. But with the mummy, the whole thing is based off of the King Tut um, excavation where, you know, just miraculously, I guess not miraculous because it's unfortunate, but um, a lot of people surrounding the excavation got really sick and died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's where like the curse of the mummy came from. So I guess that's where this is coming from. But you can't just make it, you know, like the mummy just walks really slow because this is now 1999. You got to make a move quick well shouldn't also shouldn't the uh the mummy need glasses because he stole the eyes of someone who needed glasses yeah he stole the worst pair of eyes I, you know, the last pair of eyes you'd want to steal you know well, tech, other than stevie wonder i think he well, steals from everybody no, he tech okay so this is what happens technically and there's a great jinkies moment speaking of the guy who has <laughs> glasses because they're all running uh nice read velma yeah. <laughs> oh god but yeah so evelyn obviously brings emotep back to life and then the one guy who needs glasses in the stampede to get away from emotep he drops down to the floor his glasses hit the ground and he's looking for them in a very, very yeah, Velma yeah, fashion, yeah. and somebody stomps on him, and it's just like, oh, jinkies, his glasses are broken. But <laughs> it's he, not a mummy; it's just Imhotep. <laughs> <laughs> but the inventor of the dad joke. But uh, Imhotep does. He, the only reason why he just steals Mister Burns's tongue at first is because he gets interrupted by Brendan Fraser yeah, and yeah. Evie. So he's because he's sucking all of these people completely dry. Yeah. So at first he only takes Mr. Burns's tongue, then uh he takes his eyes and then everything else gets taken later. And and incidentally, one of the few pieces of trivia I know about this movie is that after the mummy sucks dry the people, the prop that they use for the corpses is the same corpse dummies they used in the movie Life Force. I don't Af- think I've seen that movie. Same. I, I, I don't blame you. It's a it's a, <laughs> it's, it, it's a terrible movie. If you've ever wanted to see Patrick Stewart kiss another man, um, that's I'm, that's your go-to movie. I'm going to pass, but, yeah, you know, good. listeners. Yeah, it's basically a movie about space vampire zombies. Make it so. Yeah, it's, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But um, the whole thing is that the vampire in that movie doesn't drink your blood. It just sucks all your energy out and turns you into... The prop that they used in this movie. There's like a whole theory about energy vampires, so it's a little better. I don't know anything about these energetic vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but see, okay, we're at the point, because yeah, Mr. Burns has had his tongue and his eyes taken. I thought the effects in it... (laughs) I thought the effects were so much better in this first movie because they relied too heavily on CG. Like, I think Amotep is a lot more believable in this first movie where... He's just p- 
piecemeal while he's only sucked a little bit of life force from Yeah, his I burns. know what you're saying. I think you're exactly right. It just it gets so fake in yeah. the in the in the, the, the mouth. The what what anno- it genuinely annoys me the whole gag with every time they scream and their mouths get really big. Yeah. That oh, that I I literally about the 7th or 8th time that happens, it does it's like guys it's not working well because it's funny when brendan fraser's facing down the, yeah. the guards and uh he screams at them really loud and then they scream at him with the big mouths and that that's a great comedic moment but then right. they don't need to keep doing it like, right we're done after that but yeah because even when imhotep has a restored mouth he still does that oh yeah he's still yeah. Got the, yeah, the, yeah. He, he can stretch his mouth out like a damn snake so yeah. it's just yeah it's very okay. impressive also a question for for you who know and like the movie he calls her by the princess's name anoxa no moon yeah okay but she's not he's she just isn't. gonna use her as a human sacrifice well, she's a pretty get, lady yeah, <laughs> yeah. she's kind of res- yeah she resembles anoxa no moon they're pretty light-skinned ladies with dark hair, I guess. So, like, an- <laughs> but then if you go in the sequel, it's different. So, like, yeah. Anoxima Moon? Anoxima Moon. Was just Egyptian for shorty? <laughs> I would assume so. You know, okay. I mean, we've got the guy from Deuce Bigelow in here, so it's very possible <laughs> that we got some shouties going on. But, yeah. Uh, Do you like my face tattoos? Well, yeah. I got it in Myrtle Beach. Oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> it was a drunken frat night. <laughs> But yeah, is that audience? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Well, this is what kills me about the whole Magi thing because they they come off so serious and they're like, "We are generations and we protect Hamanaptera," and they're so serious about it. But then they just let this happen. Yeah, yeah, they're they, very yeah. They try, they try to, they try to prevent it, and now this is happening. They're like, "Oh, well, oh, screw this. We, Let's now go." Now we have to do this. <laughs> but at at what point? Because Brendan Fraser lights up a stick of dynamite and. Uh, the Deuce Bigelow guys like we will shed no more blood tonight, and they leave. But then it's like, okay, I would have killed everybody in Brendan Fraser's camp before right, letting this yeah. mummy come back. Yeah. Like what? I mean, what it, are you doing? Yeah, if you're committed to this whole thing and you really understand the stakes, and that's the thing about this character, that is the first character in the movie that really understands what's at stake. Yeah. Well, by the time face tattoos get involved, follow your mission to the end. Don't just. Don't yeah, wuss well, out. maybe that's it. You know, it originally it was this big thing, and they were very serious about it. Now it's just a social. They're like Shriners with face tattoos. You know, <laughs> Egyptian July Fourth. They drive little cars around, and oh, you know. <laughs> well, and I think that the test of time is honestly proved. Like, because um, with the curator at the library, he's like, oh, everybody knows that Hamanoptera is just a fairy tale. Like, Hamana, I think Hamana, 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 <laughs> I think they, the test of time has kind of helped. They should have done that. <laughs> Sorry. Well, then it would have been a very silly movie. No, oh. no. Somebody should have looked at it and gone, hamana, hamana, hamana. Missed opportunity. Oh, no. Speaking of opportunities, Benny's one moment of ingenuity in the entire movie is right now when he's left alone in uh, Imhotep's territory, and he's got all of these different medallions from different religions, and yeah. Imhotep is just sort of closing in on him, and he speaks Chinese, he speaks... Uh, uh, like four different languages until he gets to um hebrew hebrew and uh, imhotep is like oh the language of the slaves and you might be useful so that's where benny saves his own skin so for once. not only is he a horrible monster he's also a damned anti-semite oh uh, precisely yeah I, uh, I told you he invented yeah, slavery it well and it is, <laughs> it, if you think about it that is so incredibly offensive oh it's horrible because i mean the mummy basically says oh you're a jew Oh, well, here's some gold. You'll do bad stuff for me. 
Well, that's uh, right. That's well, a, that's they, literally what he does. I guess, but As a in, kid, we don't really. In Imhotep's time, it there was not that self awareness in Imhotep's time that, that the slaves were the Jews back then who were building all the pyramids. No, I just meant the movie did it. Oh, okay. you know, like yeah. you know, here, here's gold. Well, <laughs> it's Benny. He's squirrely anyway. I mean, I, I don't mean, think it has anything to. I mean, I don't think he's actually Jewish. I think no, he he's not. Yeah, said it, but yeah, the fact no, that but he the, just the, knows the, yeah. the association with yeah, the Hebrew yeah, and then I mean, the gold. I got it. He's got opportunist it. enough. Uh, oh, and we get another moment. Meanwhile, in Cairo, yeah, they do another cut like that. Where like, meanwhile, this other story is happening. Uh, they do a little foreshadowing because they're in a hotel and. O'Connell's just packing up all of Evie's stuff. He's like, we're getting the hell out of town. Like, and he's just throwing stuff in her suitcase. That's how I pack. <laughs> just throwing stuff in a suitcase. No, She's with Rachel Weiss taking out. everything out again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'd be a fun game, but they do foreshadow because there's a cat sitting on top of her suitcase, which comes in very handy later yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Um, but what's really funny is that the role reversal has kind of happened because Rick is like, we're getting the hell out of Dodge. And Evie's like, no, we're getting out of here. Morty. We- Morty, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> we gotta go, Morty. Gotta go. Um, yeah, she's kind of the Morty to his Rick. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, Rick, we've got to stay and solve the oh, problem. Oh, jeez, Rick, I don't know. <laughs> that mummy's still down there, Rick. <laughs> uh, that, it'll work itself out, Morty. Come that, on. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said. Um, Thank you. Katie clearly doesn't watch Rick and Morty because she's got this I was about to say, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. I tried. I tried so hard. I couldn't get into the first episode. And unless I start from the beginning, I can't. Oh, do it. But I watched I, other well, episodes yeah, and I enjoy yeah. it. But yeah. get out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Leave. No, it's all good. But bye. I, no, they kind of. Bye. Oh, the British Empire is here. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Rotting from boldom and booze. No, but Evelyn does have this. That's, role my, that's on my family crest. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. But they do. Rick and Evelyn have this role reversal where uh, she's the one saying, no, we woke up the mummy. We've got to stop him. And he's like, there's that we again. There's no we. Like, let's go. Um, so he goes downstairs to have a drink when the world's ending, like you do. Well, and what would you do? That's exactly, I just said, like you do. That's, yeah. I mean, I'm drinking it right now. It wasn't sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the world's not even ending. So, uh, but yeah, he's down there with Jonathan and Winston, the man with the most Winston Churchill kind of look. He's got like this, uh, he's just very poor. They should have had, yeah, they had and... a young man walk up to him and go, that's the look. Oh, God. What did you say, young Winston Churchill? <laughs> and you got this this blonde guy amongst the Americans who kind of looks like Jamie from Game of Thrones. Uh, but he's one of the many guys who's going to suffer well, the curse of the chest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you've got budget Kurt Russell. You know, if you can't afford <laughs> Kurt Russell, get that guy. Okay, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is so... <laughs> no one in the hotel noticed. <laughs> Notice what the fact that the fact that a guy in a mask walks in, you know. Hey, this is 1925 or whatever. <laughs> masks, I mean, masks are only illegal in Georgia. They're not even illegal oh, in other yeah, states. So, and we're talking the 20s in Egypt. So, who the hell cares if he's wearing a mask? Benny, Benny really steps up the creepy here. Oh, he does. Because uh, Mr. Burns, who's only had his tongue and his eyes removed, is now going to lose a lot more than that. You've made a powerful enemy today. Yes, because Benny is now Imhotep's right hand man. Uh, and he's helping him. He, Benny's helping Imhotep track down. Oh, the and the, the Beatles, Beatles are back. Yeah. Well. Okay. But yeah. So Benny's now acting. They're a snack for later. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Benny's helping Imhotep oh. to track down all the guys who opened Wait. the chest. Hold on. We are now at the part where we have hit the first 
plague, not plague. The, but no, no, no. Um, the first plague was the locust the that locusts, flew into Hominoptera, but now yeah. the rivers and waters ran red and were as blood. Yeah, yeah but the, they take a shot. So did magically everything bottled just turn to blood? Uh, no, everything liquid. Everything liquid well, turned to blood. Okay, I learned apparently. something. Uh, I don't know that that's exactly how it went down in the Bible because I'm pretty sure whiskey wasn't well, that, around. See, uh, that's another. Time. That's another strange thing about this is that Imhotep is causing these plagues that were caused by, by the Hebrew God yeah, by to God. free the Israel. Whatever. They're just. They're kind of taking some bits and pieces from history and from the Bible that don't make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, because it was God who actually inflicted the plagues. So. No, Imhotep is not God. I can no, tell you I guess. That much. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they are just sort of picking and choosing. You know, eventually Gamera is going to show up, and you know, nobody, no Gamera fans. Come on, what chirp? chirp Gamera. Chirp, oh my God! Chirp. Seriously, you don't know who Gamera is? Katie and I are just looking at each other like, God, he's such a nerd. <laughs> children, children, children. My son knows who Gamera is. <laughs> well, he, he's I your never... son, so. Yeah, you you built this bro- giant this giant, gi- giant flying turtle fought Godzilla. Oh, okay. Now I actually know friend who you're to children. About. Okay, I can't say anything. I made a Mothra reference the other day, and somebody awesome. made fun of me. I was no, like, there's me? no, there is nothing wrong with making a Mothra reference. Okay. The two little Chinese or the two little Japanese. Girl, anyway. Well, now I just think of Bob's Burgers with uh, uh. Chicken, chicken hawk, hawk, yeah. <laughs> chicken hawk. There's a giant butterfly. We must destroy it. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So there was the foreshadowing we, that we just saw with the cat, because uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> oh no, no, Brendan Fraser didn't do it on purpose this time. The cat. Comes no, that's up a that's later. Times. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Cleo. Imhotep is the cat. Actually, has a name. I read that, but it's not Cleo. said in the movie. It's Cleo. Oh, that, yeah, then that's yeah. probably her her stage name. Yeah, it's her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we see Imhotep trying to kiss Evelyn because he's obviously hooking up his new lady love to instill yeah. a Moon's soul in her later. Tries to kiss her and then he sees the cat walking across the piano and flips out and turns into dust and spins into sand. And <laughs> We've leaves. all been there. Oh, yeah. That's, that's high school. Like, hey, oh, when, my God. When you got to make a quick exit, you <laughs> yeah. just, your molecules evolve really quickly. Yeah, he does the same thing at restaurants when the bill comes. <laughs> is that an anti-semitic comment he's not jewish he's not jewish <laughs> well, okay that was an anti-semitic comment what? but whatever bye bye jewish people uh sorry uh we, we enjoyed having you up until now when what, Jason whatever, whatever, up until whatever. now it wasn't the before stuff we talked about <laughs> well it, yes mrs jeremy corbin it's <laughs> it's certain parameters we thought we had really insulted all of our australian uh listeners away yeah. not even knowing that we had them and it turns out that's our biggest fan base so yeah, far and, and by the way to follow up because we mentioned that on the last episode and i i said something about thinking that's got to just be some kind of a glitch I actually went back and checked. It is not a glitch. No, we've got... There's like four cities, and they're all around Brisbane. Cool. I don't know why. We're not just popular in Australia. We're popular in Brisbane. I love it. It's like the Atlanta of Australia, from what I understand. Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not even <laughs> Jeremy, or Jason, whatever your name is, stop taking me seriously. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, so here's the, the next... Plague? Yeah. Is an eclipse really well, considered a plague? Like I know in the Bible, it's he stretched his hand oh toward the heavens, and there was darkness throughout the land of Egypt. But. Well, they're look, they're playing fast and loose because they also have the boils, which they literally in this movie, 
it's oh this is the plague it's boils and sores yeah therefore they're all hypnotized slaves well wait what (laughs) everyone in the world except for the actual people who were at hominoptera are given boils and sores so it's very selective. Yeah, that's true. That uh, is true. Because you would think that that would possess... It's, it's kind of like that Rick and Morty episode where everybody got Cronenberged except for his direct <laughs> relatives. But there's nothing tying these people that's together. True. Only Evelyn and Jonathan are actually related. But um, This movie would be so improved by uh, Rick and Morty. But every every movie would be. That's Just, not a that's not a dig. Rick would actually, <laughs> this was the movie that I, my best friend and I, we, we constantly... Uh, or frequently we will watch a movie and we'll say, you know what would make this movie better? And the answer is always the same thing. More cowbell. No, Batman. <laughs> and it actually... But, what, but which Batman? Like yeah, Adam West? That, that's a very important it, distinction right there. It, it, Good question. Christian Bale would t- not. T- typically, it's Michael Keaton. Whoa. Who is my favorite Uh-oh. Batman. Okay. You know, well, I know that okay. that's your favorite. So, Katie, yeah. who's your favorite Batman? I don't think I have one. I just... I'm very anti uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> but actually, the Christian wow. Bale one would work better because he's so super serious. I'm so bad. can you imagine <laughs> Christian Bale's Batman in this movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, trying to punch the sand uh, that is Amotep, just like, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, we're just going to go in here and do wacky hijinks. Yeah. Well, I, it'd be best to have the uh, the original Batman. Oh, Adam West? Adam West. Yes. That, would, yeah, that yeah. one would be great. Because then he comes equipped with sound effects. Like, he's punching the That's sand. That's true, yeah. Pow! Pow! Zing! Thwap. Looks like a villain <laughs> oh. made of sand, old chum. And then you got the, the Robin, uh, you know, holy mackerel, Batman. Something fishy's going on. <laughs> yeah. Holy horseshoes, Batman. Yeah. It's a mummy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it would, Holy Rosetta Stone. And they would have... Uh, <laughs> oh, God. The Rosetta Stone does make an appearance in this movie. Uh, that's how Evelyn actually pieces together the entire mystery. I'll, Wait, I'll point it out. Seriously? Get, no, really? I'll point it out when we get there. Yes, patience is a virtue. I've actually seen the Rosetta Stone. Not way. right now. Yeah. It isn't when she's. Oh um, yeah, but that's it's the Rosetta Stone. It's in a, like a museum I, or something. But hold on, I, that's. It's in, it's in the British Museum. I thought Museum. that was in like the. I thought that was in like the. the okay, they're picking the, and choosing stuff from the Bible <laughs> and history, and you're mad about this. All, also, you know, yeah, because they knew that's how we were able to interpret ancient Egyptian it was because uh, of the Rosetta Stone. I'm not it was telling you. Greek. I'm oh, not wait. telling you that you're not right, Katie. I'm okay. just saying that the movie's not right. <laughs> I, I'm movie wrong. I'm yes, movie wrong. You're Got movie it. wrong. That's okay, right. okay. I'll admit I'm movie wrong. Yes. I love the part where he's holding Benny up to, to the, the ceiling, ceiling fan. Because what and, is that going to do? That's what I'm saying. I wish that in the movie they had just gone on ahead and had him go ahead and lift him into the ceiling fan and have it just go thwock, thwock, thwock. Oh, there goes Jumanji <laughs> dead. Yeah, Jumanji dad perished amongst all the other idiots. TKO. Well, because what they're doing but with the chest is that um, it's got the sacred canopic jars that hold Emotep's innards. So that's why all the different Yankees stole Oh, I was Here's totally wrong. Part. No, 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 that's what it is. Oh, Here I, comes the jaw. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the unhinged he jaw. He unhinges his jaw and spits a bunch of locusts. Vomits. <laughs> Vomits. Okay. Vomits. Now, do locusts actually do something to people? No. no. I didn't think so. <laughs> They're just like the scarab beetles. Everybody, they don't, they it, know. It, yeah, if you actually heard the people there, they were all going, ew, ew. Yeah. That's what I say when I see a swarm of well, bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're flying right at me. And- got, he, wait, hold on. Okay, so this, this American has one arm in his coat and one arm not in his coat. This is not for any reason. It's cool. Just, hey, it's, it's 1925. He might have polio. Well, okay? I'm and got, he can't get that arm through that sleeve. I'm going to take I'm my six-shooter out and start shooting at stuff. Yeehaw, I'm going to point my six-shooter so at... into yeah. an old southern guy. Yeah, well, he's an he's a old prospector, I think. 
No, he's a cowboy. Yeah. He's, no, he's one no. of the cowboys. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so he's one of the guys that opened the chest. But, yeah, that that's the reason why Emotep is after the guys who opened the chest. Because when they mummified him way back in B.C., <laughs> um, they... The right people will get that joke. Yeah, I yeah. know they will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when they mummified Emotep, they uh, put his organs in five sacred canopic jars that went into that chest that the Americans then opened. I thought those were opened. her organs. No, they're Emotep's organs. Oh. Yeah. So that's why he... Because he survived ha- a, with his organs in these jars and still was able to live and scratch things in the sarcophagus. Apparently so. so see, yeah, he was alive when all this happened. So the mu- like mummification was it? No, I disagree. Here's the snack. I disagree. Are the, is it an oxen of moon's organs? Because is that what you're saying? And wait, they explicitly say in in the beginning, you know, exposition monologue that they removed her organs and put them in five canopic jars. Oh, my God, you're right. right. And they didn't do that to him. They just wrapped him up and threw him in the thing. That's right. You're totally right. My bad. Listeners, I apologize. I'm a fraud. But yeah, okay, so because th- that is what he needs to bring a knock that's, on a moon that's, back. That's, yeah. Okay, because otherwise he could just collect the jars and then regenerate his right. organs himself. Okay, that makes total sense. So yeah, that's why he's sucking all the, the Yankees dry. And now but he's why on- doesn't he put oh, on here's the clothes? Moment. Hold on, here's the moment. Well, he's in a robe, a very attractive robe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he kisses Evie Ew, while she's asleep. And yeah, somehow that doesn't really wake her up. And he, I don't, and I, I don't, I don't understand part. why he starts to rot as he kisses her. That doesn't make any sense. He well, maybe when he gets, uh, you know, excited. Um, David, you know, your son it, is in the room. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just said excited. Wait, I just said David. Yeah, I know. Your, your son's name is David. Yeah. Sorry, whatever. Yes. Yeah, you're the same people. Uh, but yeah, I, so Brendan Fraser does. Whoa, that wasn't footage played backwards. <laughs> no. <laughs> If you hear the giggling of a younger person in the studio, that is David, Jason's son. In case you were wondering, we're not we're not you know harboring any children in the studio, but uh, yeah. So Brendan Fraser does whip out the cat again, and he's like, "Look what I got!" <laughs> and then the Imhotep runs out the window, made out of sand again, mm-hmm. and pieces out. But yeah, so we're I think we're one jar away at this point from having all of. <laughs> What are you laughing at? <laughs> we're one jar away. No, we're, we're one jar away from having all five. Collect all five, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Collect them all. Yeah. Gotta catch them all. But yeah, okay, this is the point where I told you the Rosetta Stone comes into play. Because, okay, uh, I see when, it. Yeah, see, there it is. <laughs> it's in just the in the hall. I told you. <laughs> it's 19, a decoration. Yeah, we just have it over here. 1925 <laughs> Egypt. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, so that's how she sort of breaks. Milky Way, Milky Way. <laughs> Wait, what are they saying? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, God. What's wrong? We've with got you? boils and sores, and that's making us do this. Uh, yeah, because don't you get uh, don't you get some sort of mystical fever? When you get I don't know, but the movie plays that so straight. I think that's just an STD. Ooh. Got a got a history you want to share with us, there, Katie? No. <laughs> Maybe your mom shouldn't have let me give you that Moulin Rouge DVD. <laughs> you know, he he needs concealer. Oh, don't you think that would help him out? Yeah. But I mean, it's gonna crack when his jaw goes snake like yeah, anyway. That's true. So, yeah. and his base ends at his neck, making him look like a potty clown. <laughs> <laughs> so, he doesn't know how to do makeup. Sorry, we keep making Rick and Morty jokes, and Katie's never seen it, so it's bad. But yeah, okay. So Evelyn is literally like. Touching well, the to Rosetta be, Stone to be with fair, her bare hands. I, that is the Rosetta-ish stone. I know. <laughs> okay. Once again, it's the movie, not me. 
But yeah, she like somehow the the Rosetta Stone is what helped us. The leave. Packers win the Super Bowl. Greek yeah. and Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, it helped us. So link. that's how we were able to read hieroglyphics. Yes, it helped us link Greek and Egyptian. But somehow she solves a puzzle about where Amotep or Anak, who's it's buried. Not it's the oh, where no, no, the no, book no, of the life, the book of the life, the book of the life. But we're just gonna let her go ahead and keep saying it's the Rosetta Stone. Shut up. That's what. What is it then? It's just something. It looks like the Rosetta Stone. It's, that's what I mean. It's the Rosetta-ish stone. A, okay. So anyway, that's listeners. We've replaced the Rosetta Stone with something Rosetta-ish. Let's see if Jade notices. And apparently, the uh, army of the undead, uh, whatever, are really stupid. No, this is Walking Dead. One billion percent. I'm pretty sure this is where the Walking Dead stole this concept because they're they're walking around marching and saying "Amotep," but they don't speak in Walking Dead. They don't, but the, the mm-hmm. it's the similar concept because Jonathan gets stuck amongst a group car. of them chanting Emotep, uh, and he's right. like Emotep, and just because he acts like them, they leave him alone, even though they were charging him two seconds earlier. Whereas in The Walking Dead, if you put Guts the innards gross. and the skin and well, stuff on you, The Walking bleh. Dead, won't I think Emotep, I think he has TMJ. That might explain. <laughs> that. But you know that could explain, on. yeah, the uh, the issue he has. You I'm know, trying to laugh away from the microphone. <laughs> he needs to go see a good, uh, you know, ENT or somebody like that. Probably. He needs an ear, nose, and throat yeah. man right away. Because that that's what you got to worry about is like. What kind of a kid Don't think or... about going backwards in this scene. Go ahead and run all the people down. I mean, I think <laughs> the poor innocent victims. We, okay, to give the listeners some actual visual, they're in the alley where all the Emotep boils and sores people are. They've sort of headed them off at the pass, and yeah, Brendan Fraser's solution to that problem is to run them all down, and then they all get into kind of a neat two-person line. By so... the way, th- <laughs> this scene actually syncs up perfectly well with Billy Jane. If you ever try that, it's it's flawless. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, yeah. Dark Side of the Moon. And yeah, yeah. Same <laughs> thing. Wizard of Oz. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> yep. Ah, but, college. Yeah, you get the convenient. They All they were able to do is be kind of zombie-ish a minute <laughs> yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. And now they're attacking yeah. a car. Like, now they've turned into the World War Z zombies where they're, like, turning into an anthill, climbing on each other yeah. and trying to kill people. But, yeah, it. the rules in this movie are kind of loose. Well, Let's just you know, leave it that. That, but that's the thing. I mean, look. If this was a movie that had come out in 1987, oh. you wouldn't even think twice. No, absolutely not. And in 1999, nah. I didn't think twice either. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We're down to our last canopic jar. We're about to collect the whole set because the last, <laughs> the last Yankee is still alive, and Amotep is about to suck him dry. I'd just give him the jar. I don't think it matters. No, the jar is for Anox and a Moon. We just established that. And he I don't know, but that's what he wants, right? No, you but know? he needs to regenerate. He's got to suck dry everybody who opened the chest or else he can't fully regenerate. But what if only one dude had opened the chest? Then I guess he would have enough juice nope, to... because that actually happens in the second movie where two guys open them and he just sucks them both dry. And then he's emoted. So what if, like, like... It was a big corporate. What if like Google had sponsored it? You're it thinking like about 80, this way 80 too or 90 hard. People oh, like a team building it. exercise. Yeah. How you do know? you open? And the he's got to go around and just keep sucking dry person after person. I guess it depends on the scenario. So yeah, it's just a it's a ratio. It's yeah. a spectrum, Jason. <laughs> it's a spectrum. It's almost like it's a silly movie, and we should just shut up and have fun. I mean, that's what I've always felt about this movie. <laughs> I just. This movie is great, no matter how oh, many no, times no. you've ever watched it. I always love watching this movie. No, it's seriously like what I was bringing up about Deep Blue Sea. Is it 
Is it a horrible movie? Maybe. Yeah. Do I love it? It is. Hell yes, I do. <laughs> Actually, Deep Blue Sea has a scene that you talk about. It's funny you bring that up because the scarabs creeped me out. Deep Blue scene, uh, Sea actually has a scene in it that I don't know why, but it just I creeped the hell out of me. Which one? When the shark comes out of the water, uh, they're in the elevator shaft, and I can't remember her name. Anne Heche. Yeah, and the shark like lifts her out of the water. Oh, wa- she's oh. basically. Oh, because Rennie Harlan. Oh, and we mm. need to do that movie for just that scene I, alone. I, yeah, I <laughs> we'll think get that. Into I it. think we should do that movie. Because uh, yeah. oh, I'll do that movie all day long. I love Tom Jane, but uh, Rennie Harlan did describe that scene because it was very dangerous for Anne Hayes because they had a mechanical shark mm-hmm. and she was sort of straddling it and he was like we had to be really careful with that because it could turn into the bull ride from hell really yeah. quickly yeah so yeah that and the music in that scene okay yeah we're doing deep blue sea so yeah and you really don't up. want your tombstone to say killed by a fake shark i want mine to say that yeah but then you just sound like an idiot it's like it was a fake shark yeah but it still had sharp teeth on it I true but then the next person in the in the cemetery next to you their tombstone needs to say killed by a real shark oh, God. <laughs> get one up so, even after him, like. cool so i'll become a famous movie actress get killed by a fake shark and then you need to walk into the ocean and get I'm, eaten by a real shark hey i already told you i'm going shark cage diving one of these days why <laughs> why not bucket <laughs> list thank you thank you you're in a metal bucket, and you're going to end up... They don't put you in a bucket. It's I, it's basically a big metal bucket cage where a lot of sharks it's, can... It's, it's a KFC bucket. <laughs> Take yeah. out. Here you go. Why are you putting ketchup and spices on me? Is that, need, is that chum? Spices. No, it's seasoning. <laughs> it's, it's, the secret 20, yeah. it's the secret, secret sauce. 27. Yeah. 27 we don't call them wetsuits. We call them fixings. Dr. Pepper? <laughs> I don't Duck know. Ew. What is it? Oh. Who's got the... They both got secret recipes. I don't know. There's yeah, a but secret no, recipe, and then there's like the 27 flavors. Of yeah, but the, the, the difference is that nobody gives a crap oh, about Royal the Air Pepper Force. One. It just said Royal Air Force. Ha! Yeah, but the dialogue, he doesn't, he doesn't say that in the dialogue. And then I there's goats. Yeah. Because it because yeah, it goats. wasn't the Royal Air Force back then. You know what? He's Jason. sitting there drinking. He is his the most tea. awesome man in the history of <laughs> everything. Yeah, Winston. He's the original extra. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's what I want to be. Extra He's in the so desert. Extra. He's got a turntable. He's got a parasol that's not even shading yeah, him. That's <laughs> being held by somebody say, else, yeah. and he's sipping tea. He's in clearly the got a servant of some kind, and. Uh, he's been complaining this because Winston does complain that he has <laughs> Wilford Brimley of Arabia. Oh, he's got a drink card out there too. <laughs> oh yeah, for your convenience. <laughs> yeah. like, you know he's spiking that tea with something. Oh, Come I don't on. think it's tea. I think it's straight bourbon in that teacup. No, I, it's tea. But I then as soon as he's done with this tea, he has his gin and tonic. Oh, there you yeah. go. Gin and tonic in the desert. Oh yeah, are you okay. kidding me? That, no, that'd be very refreshing. Is what I was going toward. But I just love that they've <laughs> this, got. I know the most. This, this, <laughs> I just love that they have the most outwardly, obviously drunk man ever get mm-hmm. in a plane and drive them to an unknown city. <laughs> like, drive them? <laughs> I mean, are you technically driving? Yeah. He's driving I, I the guess, plane. Yeah. <laughs> he's piloting the plane. Is well, that better? Well, he's the only one who knows how to fly the plane. Yes, I mean, but he's hammered. But, but also, here's not, the thing. Maybe not yet. They're flying <laughs> to a place. <laughs> they're flying to a place that doesn't have a runway, that doesn't have an airstrip. Oh, there wasn't so... an airstrip to begin with. No, they were in sand. Yeah, with no, they were actually at a, They were at, no. There's an airstrip. If you watch the beginning when they go out there, the yeah, there is a there is an airstrip. All right. Well, it's very Pirates of the Caribbean. They're flying to a place that cannot be found except 
by those who already know where it is, yeah. except Winston doesn't, and he's, and he's <laughs> yeah. drunk. So, or someone that. who told you how to get there. There you go. Hey, it's uh, Doc Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh Three people got that. <laughs> that. Considering there are, you know, only four Wait, did of you us actually, did you get that? Yes, I got oh, it. Oh, okay. But, okay. Uh, yeah, That's cool. So, anyway, we're back at Hominatra. We've been off topic Hominatra, for about Hominatra. 40 minutes. Hominatra, Hominatra, Hominatra. <laughs> uh, we're back at Hominatra after 40 minutes of talking about KFC and God knows what else. So... Uh, oh, we do have a nice little hero moment. Cause, oh, um, he's still alive. <laughs> he's so dreamy, and he's coming to save me. But yeah, save I, me, Daniel Craig. <laughs> I, Daniel Craig has more gadgets, but I guarantee you, Rick O'Connell has more weapons in True. that duffel bag. <laughs> well, Daniel Craig would have just beaten the hell I mean, out of him. He's got the the rogue. Um, Brendan Fraser's got the roguish look, whereas uh, Daniel Craig's more of a uh, gentlemanly, more quaffed. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen Daniel Craig in suspenders, and I gotta tell you. Well, when Daniel Craig gets old, though, he's gonna look like Winston. <laughs> <laughs> and no. what, what's really hilarious is that he's li- Winston's listening to Spanish music on his record player when they come out to see him, and it's like <laughs> "Escucha mi corazón," and it's like it's, hey, hey, he's, he's listening. Cultured. He's no. I'm saying he's listening to romantic Spanish music. When, because Escucha Mi Corazón is like, listen to my heart. And he's just sipping tea out in the desert listening to that music. And thinking of the woman who broke his heart. We had a conversation about this the other day, but it's when you're, you know, when you're poor and you're weird, you're just weird. If you're rich (laughs) and you're weird, you're eclectic. You're eccentric. So now (laughs) that's what he is. He's eccentric. Oh, yeah. That is 100. And we see Emotep's awesome party trick where he can control the sand and eat a plane with his own face. (laughs) But all you have to do is give him a kiss on the lips and, you know. It'll distract him. Yeah, he just starts going, humana, humana. Humana, humana, humana. Well, at first she was rotting him when she was uh, kissing him. So I guess this is a step up by just distracting him. (laughs) What? It's the most awkward kiss of all. Yeah, kisses. it's so it's so weird. And there's the, some middle schoolers that are like, "Man, my kiss wasn't even that awkward." Well, and the thing is, too, she manages to to distract him long enough to stop the sandstorm so the plane can crash. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the plane was going to crash regardless of what happened, and Winston kind of knew. Oh, that I love that in. behind the sand wall. It's so beautiful. Oh yeah, they, they could. By the time they did all that sand wall CGI nonsense, they couldn't afford an actual that, plane. That, crash. by the way, that was the best line in the entire movie. Benny's line, you know. Is it, oh yeah, the, I love the thing with the, the sand. It was, it was beautiful. That, to me, that feels so uh, ad libbed. Like he had to have just come up with that. Yeah, I kind of he wondered, did. You know? I, I, yeah, I read on IMDb that he did ad lib a lot of this stuff. It's that brilliant his character line. did. Yeah, brilliant. Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, going into this movie, you think that Jonathan, the brother, is going to be the strongest comedic relief. Mm-hmm. But no, Benny's actually kind of funny in his own way in different jun, moments. Jun, 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 jun. Yeah, we get a we get a Rambo <laughs> moment when the Magi leader is ripping the gun off of the wing and they're just... Oh, and poor Winston. R.I.P. He went out with a smile on his face. Uh, yeah. He went out on an adventure, which is what he talked about in the bar. He said, I wanted to go out. The thing is, though, he puts his finger on his throat for like a second and a half. That's how you measure a pulse, right? I know. And in in movies. like a second to find it. Yeah. Yeah. In movies, I understand that means you're dead. But then it's how awful would it be if he just woke up right now and said, chaps. Well, it would suck because he's sinking into into quicksand, which it's anything but quick, gang. Yeah, it is. It's just yeah. slowly, his it's, plane it's, is slowly sinking. It's modest stand. 
it's, it's middle lane sand. Yeah, it's, That's it's, what it is. It's, it's not speed lane sand. It's right. not slow lane sand. It it's sort of mole, sand. mole walking speed sand. No, mole they, walking <laughs> speed. It's, oh, God. But yeah, so now we're back at Hamanatra. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. We cut inside. Back, we cut back Hamanatra. to Hamanatra. Yeah. Where Imhotep is going to raise... Agnaxuna Moon from the Dead. Yes, with the extras from the thriller video. Because uh, <laughs> it's mommies. Feel the night. <laughs> That's as much as we can do without paying any money. <laughs> Wait, I thought Michael Jackson died. Are they still going to sue us over this? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no. yeah. They'll, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I thought they were focused on that documentary on HBO. Do you think they'll no, even notice they, that we exist? No, they only sue people who, you know, state the absolutely true fact that he molested children. Oh, okay. So and I think sh- there we go. So we're safe. <laughs> Until then. We're safe, unlike those poor, poor children. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it got so real so quickly, listeners. <laughs> but meanwhile, in The Mummy... <laughs> we make no apologies. Oh, but see, Jonathan falls victim to the same thing as the prison guard. He pulls one of the scarab beetles out of the wall that's calcified and then discovers that it's... I would have it dropped was, it. Yeah, just <laughs> fling it away. Yeah. But yeah, it goes into his palm and like, and he's got no blood on his palm. But well, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, how much tissue damage has this damn thing done to him? Seriously, <laughs> I don't know how his arm is basically yeah, even he's, useful after yeah, this. Yeah, he's totally fine after this. Especially since Rick digs what looks like a 10-inch blade into his arm to dig the beetle out of it. Well, and another thing I read somewhere <laughs> was that that scene was actually motivated because the actor had hurt his hand. Oh. And so they had to put... Because if you notice later on... They had on, to put a bandage they, on they, him. They, he, and if you, you can tell, he's actually got a real... Um, splint or something, and it's covered up to look, oh, you know, okay. sort of nineteen twenties ish. Didn't know that. Yeah, very cool. Oh, and now we see the first of Imhotep's uh, lower dun, dun, lower dun, priests. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, pulling dun, some. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 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 we need Vincent Price. Oh God, darkness <laughs> falls across the land. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the mummies come out of the wall. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Imhotep, it requires some pixie dust on Imhotep's yeah. part where he... From like, the, the vases that is supposed to be for Anax and a Moon. Yeah. yeah so he took Anax and a Moon to animate the So she's going to be missing a few pieces Yeah, you know, later nothing, on, nothing important, back. you know. So we, yeah, I know we clarified that, that it's Anax and a Moon doesn't talk anymore. You don't have a spleen. I hope that's okay. So I guess it's really just the jars that we need and not her yeah, organs. Yeah, it was literally just the yeah. jars. Because, uh, yeah, he literally just blows her organs against a wall and they're now sand, but... Uh, and then he tells them, wake the others, and they are like they how don't have they don't have any nox in the moon pixie dust yeah how, 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 how are they gonna do that i just shut up come with me just like i said the rules are very very loose in this movie <laughs> <laughs> oh like there's his uh arm thing oh this is the part where they find out that the aliens were actually archie oh shit no different movie sorry i think another indiana jones yeah, reference was, again. yeah sorry sorry <laughs> It's like the worst that, one. I was about to say, that's the Indiana Jones movie that this movie that's is far superior to. It's, it's the uh, yeah. 2017 mummy version of Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where we find out that you can hide from a nuclear blast inside of a non-functioning refrigerator. Right? Does the functioning part really enter into it? I don't know. Maybe the, the, chili, <laughs> the chili aspect will cool you off from the atomic rays or But heat. to be fair, though, that's Harrison Ford, a man who cannot die. 
So hey, don't challenge fate. We've lost far yes. too many celebrities. I don't know that dude. That dude. And cr- hey, Alex hey. Trebek is like. I know. That's so sad. I know that is that is really genuinely sad. Uh, listeners, in case you don't know what the hell we're talking about, Alex Trebek was actually just uh, diagnosed with very serious pancreatic cancer. Stage, Stage four, three percent. Yes. Yeah. Chance. Hey, he said that's he's going that, to oh, no. beat it. If, if anybody's going to beat it, it's going to be Alex Trebek. Yeah. Heck yes. That's what, but, but that's what, what uh, killed Steve Jobs. The cure for cancer. Alex Trebek. It used to be Chuck Norris. Now it's Alex Trebek. Okay. But um, so we. The with, dinosaurs pissed off Chuck Norris once. We all saw what happened to them. <laughs> uh, they turned into alligators and birds and sharks. That's yes. what they did. <laughs> they just changed. But. Um, Okay, this was a moment that I always appreciated because Evie wakes up. Somehow Evie's inexplicably yeah. asleep. She's passed out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Either, you have to assume that Emotep knocked her out or something. I, I know, but then, yeah, but they don't show that. No, but she's inexplicably tied <laughs> tied to a slab and uh, she freaks, despite all the things she's seen, the literal plagues of the Bible, a reanimated, many reanimated corpses <clears throat> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that she witnessed any of that Sorry. at Neverland, but um, there's a rat Ooh. on her stomach, and yeah. that freaks her out. Well, it's, a, it's a real rat, too, in the real life. Yeah, but so she screams, it's, and then she it, turns over, and the corpse of an oxen moon is next to her, and then she just screams louder. So yeah. Yeah, she's having a rough week. Everybody has their phobia. Some people Look, it's the thriller scene. <laughs> I just and they all start like quivering. Okay, so what Jason's talking about because our listeners can't see what you're talking about. They're that's, worshiping that's their problem. The mummies, uh, Emotep's priests have gathered around the tables where uh, Evie and Anox and Amun are laying on the slabs, and they're kind of bowing and chanting. And yeah, it kind of looks like a really weird version of the thriller video. <laughs> a weird version of the thriller video. Uh, a version of the yeah. thriller video. A version? I don't know. Uh, who cares? <laughs> But meanwhile, this is one of Evie's kind of damsel in distress moments where she's like, Jonathan? Yeah. O'Connell? Anybody? I'm surrounded by mummies that all look like they really have to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Jackson may have had inappropriate contact with every single one of them. Can somebody get in here? And possibly the camels. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm just not ruling it out. Now we're going to be haunted by Michael Jackson. That would be awesome. No, no. If I'm going to be haunted by anybody, I want it to be by somebody cool like Tim Curry or... He's not dead. I know, but... <laughs> I, I, I was like, wait a second, hold on. But if anybody... I need to Google. Sorry, Tim Curry. But if anybody, if anybody could pull off a haunting before they die, it would be Tim Curry. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We keep saying slab. Yeah, yeah. change yeah, my yeah, mind. Yeah. You keep can. saying slab. I'm having like Rocky Horror like flashbacks. Uh, What's it's on just the a jump slab? to the left. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're, so now they're going to rescue Evie. And <laughs> Sorry that the, the humor ran out. Oh, God. I do love, by the way, I, I, we, we missed it already, but I think my favorite part of the whole movie is when he uh, strikes the match. Against on, Jonathan's face. Uh, on his face. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> we did just miss that. Yeah, that literally I love that. just happened. And uh, he, you know, blows a hole in the wall and creates an entirely different passage. Meanwhile, the Deuce Bigelow guy has <clears throat> seemingly self-sacrificed and... He's like, save the girl, yeah. kill the creature, and he runs into a massive zombie or mummies. So, you as know. it turns out, all those mummies were actually pretty cool. They were actually chill. They they didn't want to hurt him or anything, you know. So he was cool. So he was hitting them first. Under, yeah, under he, false prints. Well, I mean, look, he he was shooting them before they did anything, right? You yeah, know. There you go. Never make assumptions. Listeners. Yeah. Uh, no matter your feelings about the temporal prime directive or mummies, <laughs> the temporal prime directive. <laughs> oh, you had to bring Voyager into this. 
I mean, I did it during Back to the Future. That's too, true. So I, I make good references. Hermano. Hermano. <laughs> you know what we need to do? Um, I think I think for our Patreon people, which we are going to be doing that soon. We've been talking about different ways of of giving things to the Patreon supporters. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do an audio commentary. I think when we do an episode like this, because you said it earlier, the audience can't see what I'm seeing, so they don't know. You know, if we're doing the jokes, they don't okay, know exactly. So we can play the movie with our audio commentary. A straight up audio commentary I'd track. Be down. Yeah, I think I think because God. Almost, this, it, I think it'd be akin to the burn unit on Bob's Burgers. Ooh, yeah. I can't get away from the serial killer because yeah. my dress is too tight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, now I'm dead. So, yeah. yeah, I could see it turning into something like that. I think that would be good. So I think that might end up being one of our Patreon. Um, we can do that. Yeah. Oh, and I think that'd be good with our, uh, with yeah. our, um, our feud episodes where we yes. pick our favorite sitcoms or yes. whatever. So, yeah, we can do that. So more projects to come, listeners. Stay tuned. But especially <laughs> Ooh, with you just You just teased that, though, the feud episode that is upcoming. We're not going to say what it is now, but uh, if you like to hear grown people arguing over which TV show is best and well, who doesn't. <laughs> now that Jason's completely ruined it after I just very, very well teased it. I didn't but, you tell know. them that we were going to do an episode where we all pick a different sitcom and argue which one is the best. <laughs> just threw something at him listeners but stay tuned and you'll if you're a patreon member you'll get to see that but yeah i can see that being good content with us commentating and having the movie playing possibly because especially in a movie like the mummy it's so visually strong where you (laughs) brendan fraser is literally taking on an entire like group of mummies with a sword well he's being attacked by three mummified stooges yeah, one of them's trying to hit him with a tombstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He chops its legs in half, and it just falls backwards. And meanwhile, yeah. See, look at look at his uh, his wrist. That yeah. is very much a real bandage. Jonathan got that at CVS. That is such <laughs> that is a drugstore bandage on his wrist that they tried to make look. Yeah, you ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, so he's wearing that bandage because uh, he clearly hurt himself. But now uh, it's not just Imhotep's priest; it's the. Uh, the old school Magi who protected the Pharaoh, but Amotep is they in did charge a of all of them. Stellar job. Yeah, oh, they yes. they really just did super. And they, they phoned yeah. it in that night. <laughs> they look yeah. like they belong on a really bad color guard team where they're just <gasps> yeah. left, yes. left, left, right, left, right. Step team. Yes. Oh my God, step team. Oh, that's an old school reference. Right. There. I don't even know what that is. They still do that. Do they? What What is it? It was kind of like breakdancing meets like rhythmic dancing. There's stepping and there's clapping. There's stomping and, and like you may. It is very rhythmic. I'm already bored, so yeah. let's just go on with it. It's that. basically, yeah. um, you know, here comes treble, but with your body. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to explain that to I, I would, yeah, that's, we can leave that. <laughs> it's acapella. Oh, there's the, uh, the scene where uh, Brendan Fraser makes the George of the Jungle sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then they. No, literally, they use the exact same sound effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Watch out for that, mummy. I think I already made that joke. Sorry, listeners. But yeah, oh yeah, we've got a bunch Ooh. of weird like comedic. Yeah, we're going full stooge at this point. Yeah, because yeah. we there's like a giant bird cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now they're up there. 
Oh yeah, because the only thing oh, they this, crawl on the wall. Yeah. yeah, the only thing this mo- this movie doesn't do is the the hallway bit where they go in one door and then they come out another door. Yeah, very Scooby Doo. Yeah, the Scooby Doo. <laughs> yep. yeah. Where like a mummy suddenly like backpacking on top of Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. comes out <laughs> yeah. dressed as Beetlejuice. Yeah. <laughs> Because he was supposed to be the original, but yeah, Brendan Fraser's Woo. literally taking down an entire army of mummies with a sword. Yes, They've got a, like... a very obviously cardboard sword. Oh, big time. <laughs> I mean... And it just like, yeah. meanwhile, like, this is where Evie kind of saves the day because Jonathan does She's also a nerd. read. Well, yeah, she nerds herself to freedom because uh, her brother sort of reads ancient Egyptian and he's trying to use, she's in a, a knife fight with this crazy bitch, Anaksuna Moon, who, uh, and she's telling Jonathan how to read ancient Egyptian while she's being grappled around the throat. And with just like, well, like, it's a, it's a bird. And then it's flapping a bird, his, a stork. His, yeah, and that's maybe. the second move. Is that the first one or the second one? No, it, no that's it comes this one. In, no, 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 it comes in in both actually. Oh, really? Because, uh, it's like Hutashina Metaphys or whatever the word yes, is. a Metaphys is in this one. A Metaphys is the bird and the stork. And then in the second movie, their son Alex is like, it's a bird, Uncle Jonathan, a stork. And he's like, I know that one. Because oh. Evie yelled it at him in this movie. Oh. See, I really want to watch the second one now. <laughs> it's not great. But, I but love she... the second one. The second one, I feel like it's even better than the first no. one. No. I think no, it's, it's funnier. Not. It's funnier. And Evie's a badass. They cash in. And her hairstyle's yeah. much better in the okay. first, second one. <laughs> All right. For those reasons alone, I can get on board with number two. But... That's my movie criteria. <laughs> Got it. Badass hair. Make the girl a little more hardcore. Hot, I'm in. Hot. <laughs> the terrible color guard yeah. team. But no. Yeah, so we've got. Um, so they've kind of turned the tables on Amotep because Jonathan read off the Ametiphis, and now the Magi are killing Anax and a Moon, and now Imhotep is really, really mad. Now you. Die. And this is the scene where, oh, standing on an apple box. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which never. Uh, that doesn't oh, there's happen. an arm. And no blood. Literally none. Oh, uh, no, now he's doing the one arm rope thing too. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's a look. Yeah, Brendan Fraser chops off Imhotep's arm, but it's useless because Imhotep is immortal, and he just sort of slaps that arm right yeah, back he, on. Yeah, he just goes full T-1000 and just, you know. <laughs> Come with me if you want to die. You know what this movie needs? More cowbell? No. Alan Rickman. Oh, God. He would have been great as an Egyptologist. Wouldn't Alan... When he said that, that's exactly what I thought. Wouldn't Alan Rickman have just been awesome in this movie? Oh, yeah. Of course, it's very hard to pick a movie that wouldn't have been improved. Yeah, by by Alan Alan Rickman. Rickman. Mr. (laughs) (laughs) O'Connell. I am an exceptional Egyptologist. (laughs) But yeah, so Imhotep now is grappling Brendan Fraser by the Apple Box. Uh, <laughs> Hello. He's, ch- he's choking him to death and i love that's what i love so much so evie finds the spell that's gonna kill emotep and when he- emotep hears it it's he darby starts- o'gill and the little people no <laughs> but emotep like swerves toward her like oh no she figured it out and brendan fraser does the same thing despite the fact yeah, that he's being he choked to death it's like yeah. Uh? Yeah. <laughs> it is a scooby and yeah rut row rut row raggy but yeah, then this chariot comes along and sucks out Emotep's soul or life essence, but he's still alive. His immortality. Now he's just well, a we don't dude know in a loincloth. So. Yeah, now, now he's George of the Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we find out it's a very dramatic pause because Brendan Fraser's mad. He's like, I thought you said that spell was going to kill him. And he stabs Emotep in the stomach and she goes, well, he's mortal now. So now he but, did. So... <laughs> Okay, and he I get that. Gross water. Yeah, and he ends up in the sort in the tar. Of, yeah, the tarry toilet the, water. The, 
the with the skull the, the rotted soul water <laughs> that's what it is and he yeah. looks very bummed jesus uh, uh, i feel like that's understandable sucks. he's literally this, act- this is great he's actively rotting <laughs> in less than 30 seconds i'll see you in the sequel no. you this, which chun, is chun, not chun, my chun, real chun. name <laughs> i'll get you meddling kids and your and your little kid too uh, but yeah, he does come back for that later. And oh, meanwhile, Benny's trying to make. This is what I like is that, um, unlike the old okay. swashbuckler kind of movies, it doesn't end just when the bad guy dies. Right. They've right. got all this good wrap up at the yeah. end of it. So the Egyptians, very clever people. I think it's very obvious from this movie they were very clever. Oh yes. I would have had maybe a a sign on the wall that said, "Don't press this." Or put anything on it. Because if you do, you'll destroy the entire city. How do you know it doesn't say that in hieroglyphics? I know, but I mean, you know, maybe a velvet rope around it or like some high visibility tape. Well, you do you know? know the Egyptians, they did invent, you know, velvet. That's true. They were some <laughs> suave people. Disclaimer that is oh, God. inaccurate. That, uh, we don't say anything. True Prove we're wrong. <laughs> no, but he, he, I, she does, she's a nerd till the end because they're running and now like now that Imhotep has died and uh, Benny pulled this trigger that's literally self-destructing the entire city in sequence of Hamana Hamana Hamanoptera um yeah Evie gets upset because they they drop the book of the living and lose it and she's like yeah. you've lost the book Jonathan and they're like okay we've got to go we're gonna die so stop it yeah but no this stuff will be buried and as archaeologists we don't know how to dig things up Wait, is that what archaeologists well, I'm just do? saying it's like, oh no, the gold is all buried. Well, Again. We might just have to come back with a shovel. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I don't think they'd invented shovels in 1925. Yeah. Maybe that was the problem. You know, this is the only movie we've done so far. And that was a very, uh, sorry, that was an Indiana Jones very moment. Very Indiana Jones, well, yeah. Yes. The, the, the wall oh. is lowering and Benny's trying, oh, this stressed this me out. This stresses me out now. I know, I don't, I, don't li- I don't like that shot. Ugh, nope. When yep. ben, nope. it, Benny's like barely making it out of being crushed. Like, He's it's, not going fast enough for my taste. I no, mean, no. You scramble with every ounce you got. Scuttle like a crab. Yeah, Come he's on. very confident. Uh, but he shouldn't be. No, he really shouldn't. And uh, What's Benny. funny... Yeah, th- this is this Penny is the, and the scarabs. This is the first movie that we've done that was actually uh, had a MythBusters episode uh, done. Really, about, they actually did the thing with the mirrors to see if it would light up a room. It worked, didn't it? No, no, oh. no, it didn't work. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, movie magic. Yeah, and uh, inexplicably, because the scarabs just sort of appear whenever the hell they're going to show up. So uh, Benny gets trapped in the room of wealth, but. Now, scarabs are literally pouring out of the ceiling and walls, and yeah. the oxygen is getting lower, and his torch is getting dimmer. He's like the Mars rover. Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> the sun is going down, and my battery is low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Quickly, this place is destroying itself in perfect sequence from the inside out. Just to make sure that our three heroes can make a, a very swift escape. But Well, you know, fa- you know Pharaoh, when said he designed it, he said, do it dramatically. Oh, I want yeah. drama. Well, the Egyptians were dramatic people. Yeah, they took exactly. the wealth with them into their into their sarcophagus. Yep. They took their pets and their servants. Yep. Yeah. Which, I mean, Millie, in case you're listening, I'm not going to have you embalmed when I die, if I die before you. Oh. That's not happening. Oh, you were going with me, buddy. I'm not taking my dog, but my servants, yeah, they, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, with your cat being named Poe, I think he'll appreciate it. So, I... 
That's a very Poe thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, then you have the one last scare of the movie. They're all <laughs> panting Whoa. and they run away from the city and the Magi guy puts his hand on Jonathan's shoulder. He somehow shoulder. snuck up to them on a and camel. And he too, he too has hurt his hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Inexplicably. Well, Aww. he ran into a, a like a vat of mummies, so it's But he's, his hand is wrapped like a mummy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe he caught it. Well, it's almost like, well, after I killed all the mummies and then, you know, my hand was Speedy. slightly hurt, so I took some of their wrappings. I and... took a souvenir. It's a souvenir, yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to do nothing in right particular. Right the sunset on my trusty camel. <laughs> yeah, well, Jonathan says that. He's like, oh, dun, and he's just leaving us. Dun, Great. Dun, 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 dun. And of course, you have to have the one. Dun, 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 Got lost dun, in his own museum. Yeah. <laughs> God. But yeah, now you have. Uh, oh, the final. Oh, they finally kiss each other. Aww, I love you, Daniel Craig. <laughs> Do you just have a man crush on Daniel Craig? Is that what's happening right now? Well, yes. Okay. Everyone. Everyone does. Oh, is that is that true? Okay, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Oh. But. He's my neighbor, by the way. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding no, you. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm not kidding you. Daniel Craig has a house. I in think Alpharetta. a no. Daniel Craig. <laughs> no, we have a place in Brooklyn. Oh, Daniel okay. Daniel Craig has a house two blocks down. It happens. I mean, yeah. uh, Paul Newman used to live right down the street from my mom and dad because yeah. he had a house in Roswell. I was yeah. gonna say in Roswell. Yeah, because um, one of my friends, uh, one of our friends from high school, they they didn't really participate in this, but they were at CVS or something, and they were in line with Paul Newman waiting to check out. And the person in front of Paul Newman dropped their jar of peanut butter, and it was, like, jiffy. Oh. And he picked it up for them and handed it to them. He was like, it's not my brand, but it's pretty good. And he was pretty cool about it, but because uh, he's got all those salad dressings. <laughs> he has salad dressing, but... No, he's got peanut butter as well. How's he, he doing that? Yeah, he has, he has dog that. food as well. Paul Newman has... Paul Newman has everything. Yeah, he's, he's got coffee, dog food, huh. um, yeah. oil... Peanut butter. Salad dressing, I knew. No, yeah. he's, See, got, he's, that's yeah, he's yeah. got a bunch of stuff. Brake pads. But whole, my, yeah, my mom and my aunt, uh, we were driving once when my aunt was in town. And my mom was like, Jade, where did you say Paul Newman lives again? I was like, I'm not going to tell you because I can see where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> so they drive into his neighborhood and they were trying to like catch a glimpse of Paul Newman. I was like, Mom, this is his spare house. I don't think he spends that much time here. Yeah, but no, Dan- Daniel Craig bought a, a, a place two streets down. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Brian so, Luttrell from the Backstreet yeah. Boys and, lives and in Alpharetta. I, I That's de- true. I, I desperately, desperately want to, at some point, be in a shop where Daniel Craig is also, so I can not know what to buy and go, what do you think, Daniel Craig? You know? <laughs> Which pastry should I buy? I mean, I've, I've met multiple celebrities, including Carrie Always, but I've never had just like a meet cute like that with them. No, that's what I want. Out I just, in the wild. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Out in the wild. Out in their in the natural wild. habitat. Yeah. We see Daniel Craig purchasing Paul Newman's peanut butter. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, he doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Newman doesn't care. Oh, he's throwing the peanut butter to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> He's he threw the, it on the ground. Daniel Craig is enraged oh. <laughs> now. <laughs> Paul uh, Newman doesn't care. He ate the 50 eggs. That was his bucket list. Well, and he's dead. Yes. So that. Unlike Tim Curry. And on that bombshell. Yeah, seriously. I like, had a heart attack. I was like, wait, yeah, Curry's no, dead? No. no, he had a stroke a couple of years ago, so they were really worried about him. But no, he's okay. Unlike poor Luke Perry. R.I.P. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that did happen this week. So. I know. I, I, that still bugs me, you know. 52, it, does 50, it bug you that, that a man died? No, it really does. I mean, it was you know, 52 years. Hey, look, when you turn 40, stuff like that, when you go 52, how many years away? Oh, crap. 
Yeah. You know, he probably worked out a lot. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, then... It as might you be may, about your time, as you Jason. may have yeah, noticed, but he also probably did a lot of stuff being from Hollywood. Well, that's so, true. You know, that takes that's a toll true. on the old uh, ticker. Yeah, no, you're probably right. That is pure conjecture. I will not listen to you slander Luke Perry this way. Uh, Luke Perry was probably a lot of fun at parties. That's let's a really leave, diplomatic. That's a positive, way. That's a positive <laughs> way to spin let's it. Let's leave it at that. All right, well, listeners, you have gotten to tune into a very special episode with our. Special third guest, Katie. So thank you for dropping by and talking about the mummy amongst, you know, other things like peanut butter and variant brewing with us. We've had a lot of fun today. Thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. Absolutely. And make From sure, the past. Make sure to check out the website. That was a nice Brendan Fraser joke that she just okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the, those are all the Brendan Fraser movies we know. Um. Inferno Man. What? Journey, was he in Journey to the Center of the Earth? Inferno Man, Journey to the Center of the Earth. I knew. Journey to the Center of the yeah, Earth. Wait, what? Encino Man. Encino Man. Encino Man. Okay, Inferno Man? I've never seen it, but Encino Man. Oh, it's great. That would be a good one, too. Sorry, I think someone else might really be having excited. a stroke. <laughs> I'm really excited. Eh, oh, well. Verbal yeah, dysplasia Encino and pineapples. Um, <laughs> I had a stroke and nobody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, speaking of which, why don't you list off our social media, especially because I don't remember which yeah. emails we have. So, If you want to, well, first of all, go to the website, hindsightishorrifying.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, you can send me an email, jason at hindsightishorrifying.com. And you can reach me if you want to badmouth Jason behind his back at Darth Jader. At hindsightishorrifying.com. Just like everyone else. And since I don't understand email, if you want to talk to both of us at once instead of trashing us to the other person privately, <laughs> you can reach us at hindsightishorrifying at gmail.com. No, 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 no. We have the email address hindsightishorrifying at gmail.com. I just Because said you put that. That's what I just said. Because you, I don't understand you, email. You put it on every social media thing before we had the email yeah, address. Yeah, I, do, I, don't, I don't know how to promote my own podcast, so. But. And you, you can find me at uh, on Twitter. Uh, I am at North Foggy. And I am at Darth underscore Jader underscore. And our joint Twitter account, which we actually do have for just the podcast, is at hindsighthorror. So there's about a million ways you can reach us uh, in pretty much any preferential way that you prefer. So Yeah, we're doing our part. Yeah, we've made ourselves so reachable and available. Yeah. Why are you pulling away, listeners? Seriously. <laughs> Desperate. We're, we're making an effort. All we want to do is connect with you. We're way more invested in this relationship than you are. So text us back or we're going to be mad. Yeah, you're a bad human being if you don't. <laughs> True story. Until next time. Uh, we do have some special projects coming up, which maybe we'll just hint at in the future, but who knows, because yep. Jason is terrible at spoiling things. So, Well, and, we, and next uh, episode, we should probably go ahead and uh, tell them about the uh, the play. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, you'll find out more about that next week or-ish. Whenever uh, we de can Depending on when the next episode comes out. We're very busy and important listeners. We don't have time for this. <laughs> Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, we hope you have a very good evening, daytime, afternoon, or whatever the case may be. From Hindsight is Horrifying, good night.